Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition, How Could It Be Different, 144, with Candy Irvine and Laura here. It's you, Guru. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. That intro music, or I wouldn't say it was a song, that sounded like Fly Like an Eagle or something. I was like, <laughs> not sure where that was going to go. And then it didn't go anywhere, which is fine. Um, it's just going to like uh, craft or work or something messing around. So um, basically, yeah, it's the 144th episode. I think that's rather appropriate given y'all's proclivities uh, in spirituality and gnosis. So we can kind of talk about that number and maybe it's relevance to you at some point. But real quick, um, something we do on the podcast is uh, correlate this episode number 144 to major arcana which would be the ninth card of the tarot which would be the hermit card which actually is the virgo card and Haley, my fiance whom you guys have a linkage to uh you know she's a virgo hermit card it's not and i call her halian it's kind of surprisingly <laughs> yeah. not surprising at the same time so uh yeah the alien uh is the version in the david DeAngelis deck uh but once again the hermit card i bring back knowledge from distant places this is about knowing your worth, which I think the title says it all, uh, knowing your own power as a teacher for yourself. You are perfect the way you are, being free, seeking answers within you, and going deeper and understanding more of the universe, and ultimately taking the time to do something you've never done before. Raphael, what would the Galactic Heritage Card be? So this is episode 144, which of course reduces to 9, as you mentioned. In this case, it is in the Galactic Heritage Cards by Lisa Royal, number 36, Orion, Delusion of Control, Past Timeline. Within the Orion system, the dark forces sought control at all costs. The need for control of a rea reality comes from the ego and is based purely on delusion. We cannot truly control anything as only the universe, through its infinite wisdom, keeps everything in balance. Your need for control is a deep karmic pattern that is ready to be released. First, you must look deeply at the habits, patterns and beliefs in your life that reinforce the feeling that you are in control. Practice letting go and trusting. When the urge to control arises, take a deep breath. Remember that it is only the desire of a fearful ego. So out of curiosity, did any of that hit you guys between the eyes? My gosh. So... There's a lot that hit us in between the eyes, but we also just did a mid-month check-in for our Guru League, and we got the card Balance. Um, we also got Connecting, in Contact. Um, we talked a lot about like, tuning in to past heritage and, past, and aspects of yourself from prior lifetimes. So it's funny that a lot of what you guys just read in those cards are things that we were talking about earlier today. Funny, yet not funny, because of course we're all totally in sync psychedelic right yeah. that's how that's how it works so i know that we have a peripheral awareness of each other just because of Haley, which we can get into but um basically i want to kind of give you guys the floor one at a time obviously until you guys get to the i mean talk talk as much as together as you want but uh laura um and i want you to pronounce your last name just so people know it because i feel like we didn't say that right it's hail like the weather word like it's <laughs> it's hailing 
psychics uh-huh. as opposed to men or something. Right. Um, so it could it could hail men men as well. It's okay. It could hail all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. uh, as as the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston shows, it could hail firestones. <laughs> so um, and Laura, uh, I want you guys to uh, whoever wants to go first, rock paper scissors, whatever you feel. You know, whoever's oldest. I don't care how you do it, but um kind of tell us where you're coming from um, individually and like how you eventually met and we can kind of get to that point. But like, you know, what was your culture growing up? Were you into spirituality? What was your waking up process like, et cetera? <laughs> when you asked that, I just saw myself as a little kid staring up at the sky and just being like, Oh, it's so magical up there. And then one, um, I think I was in elementary school. This is Laura, by the way. Um, I was in elementary school, and we all got assigned constellations to just do a project or a paper on or something, and I got assigned the Pleiades. And I just felt like that was totally mine, because I have four sisters, and there are seven sisters, and those numbers are close enough. There's seven people in my family. It just in my it kind of went into my logical mind of, oh, that's my connection. And then as I've gotten all the way to where I am now, now I feel like there's a much deeper connection than some numbers and having a bunch of sisters. But, um, I didn't grow up in any kind of spiritual atmosphere. I was, I grew up Catholic, um, but I also knew just like an inherent knowing that there was a bunch of BS being fed to me as a child through the Catholic church. So when I got kind of brave enough in college, I just, Madonna, I always say that Madonna was my inspiration to leave the Catholic church because she did it. I was like, if Madonna Whatever can it do takes. it, I can do it. <laughs> and so eventually I kind of, I stopped going and then I took several years to stop being guilty, feeling guilty about it. And um, I mean, my family, my parents weren't religious, really. I just, it was like, you have to go because that's how it is. You have to go to church. You have to get communion. You have to go to confession and all that stuff. So um, but I didn't really in their defense, raising a child up in the way they should go is kind of the prescription, right? So it's like, hey, we right. gotta try, but I mean, we culture try is not our friend, as McKenna would say. So it's right. kind of both and kind of weirdness. But anyway, not to interrupt you, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, well, then it, fast forward to like about 2009, I was teaching yoga, and I got this, and I was also teaching high school Spanish. And I got this really weird food allergy that came on, and it felt kind of like I had, like food sickness or what's it called? Food poisoning. Um, several times over several days. And my dad's a family physician. So I asked him about it. And then I remembered that I'd had a psychic reading about two years before that. And she had said that I might be experiencing some food allergies at some point. And then I, that kind of clicked. So I went and got tested and I was just allergic to so many different things. And I went to this doctor who does the skin prick allergy test. And he was like, you'll never have eggs again. And in the, in my mind, brunch is like my favorite food group. And so in my head, I heard this really loud voice say no. And then I remember leaving there thinking, I refuse to live my life like this. I will not do Aries. Yeah. Aries. Right. I was like, I'm not doing this. No. So I just started asking around and um, a friend of mine sent me to an energy healer. And then she sent me to a different kind of energy healer. And over a couple of months, it, it all pretty much cleared up. I still avoid dairy um, just because that always upset my stomach. So it, it pretty much cleared up. I'm eating. I can eat eggs. It doesn't matter. I can eat whatever. All these things he told me I'd never be able to eat again. It's all fine. So from there, I just started exploring because the guy that I went to, the second energy healer, told me two things. One, there are faces of aliens painted inside the 
the pyramids in Egypt, and that just blew my mind. <laughs> and then the other thing he said was, you don't need me, you can heal yourself. So he handed me Louise Hayes' You Can Heal Yourself book. And from there, I was just sucked in. I was reading all kinds of spiritual stuff. Um, and then I met Candy. And maybe I should leave off there and cliffhanger. We can pull it I'm together. Into, yeah. Okay. So, Candy, <laughs> give us a recap of your becoming. And then I guess we'll get to that cross section. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I grew up on a farm. Actually, I was a farm girl. Um, grew up in the Presbyterian Church until about the age of 10 when my mom came into my room one Saturday because I always went to church with my grandmother. And she said, I think you're old enough. You can decide if you want to keep going to church with grandma or not. And I had had this knowing similar to kind of what Laura mentioned. I'd had this knowing that organized religion, something was off. I mean, the fact that I was a kid and I was terrified of sinning and I was terrified of burning in hell. I was like, this makes no sense. I don't even know the rules. How can I be punished for breaking them already? And like damning my soul forever. I, this as a 10 year old, I was like, no, I just don't believe in an evil God. I don't believe that I'm going to be punished forever. This doesn't make any sense. So at the age of 10, I decided, you know what? I'm, I'm done with organized religion. I told my mom I can talk to Jesus and God in my bedroom and I can read the Bible on my own if I want. I don't need to go to church. And she gave me the freedom to make that decision, which empowered me at a very young age. So you I do have a stellium in Capricorn with your North Node Mercury. It looks like uh, Venus, Jupiter, like all this stuff, and, and third house Capricorn. So it doesn't surprise me you kind of took the information by the ram horns, so to speak, or <laughs> goat horns. Yeah. So I just, you know, I decided that anything organized like that, I just didn't feel like it fit. I always had this desire to be part of something bigger. I knew that wasn't it. Um, I mean, I played with boards as a kid. I saw ghosts as a kid. I I foresaw several deaths. Like I, I saw both of my grandfathers passing before they did. And a friend of mine who lost his father, I saw that happen um, the day that it happened um, in advance of it happening. I, I knew that we were going to be going to a funeral. I started picking up funeral clothes. So I always had this ability to um, have premonitions. And for most of my life, I discounted them. You know, I, I, thought that it was just my imagination. The older that I got, the less value I put in it. When I was younger, I was like, this is cool. This is rad. And then as I got older and became more adultish, I just sort of, sort of pushed it all aside and got into corporate America. Like I did the things you're supposed to do, went to college, got a, you know, got a big job, started making Good money. Capricorn. You achieved. Exactly. I achieved. I'm a hard worker. Um, and I slowly felt myself dying. Like I just became disconnected from things that were really important to me. I, I could feel myself becoming something other than myself and decided in 2014 that I was going to, well, I decided in 2013 that I was going to leave my job. And I actually left a year later. And um, you know, the reason that I left is I, I had gotten into yoga and I had started to kind of scratch the surface of reconnecting to spirituality and trying to get back to who I was. I had two failed marriages at that point. Um, late thirties, two failed marriages. I'm, the only thing I'm succeeding and connected to at that point is a job. And as my mother so wisely said when I told her I was leaving, that job's not going to hug you at night. <laughs> I was like, ouch, and truer words have never been spoken. Because I had developed, like Laura, these crazy allergies in about 2011, 2012, and they were significant. I could not stop sneezing. 
So mine were, were they weren't food based. We couldn't figure out what they were. I actually went to a doctor who did research. I was one of his test subjects, kind of like a guinea pig. They would take all these vials of blood and then run me through these protocols of different supplements and medicines, you know, doing the elimination diet, slowly bringing things in. I would have my blood drawn sometimes every week, every other week. And I mean, I had been diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. I had um, adrenal fatigue, like all this crazy stuff, even though on the outside, I looked super healthy. On the inside, especially connected to source and myself, I was not healthy at all. So it turns out that once I left my second marriage and quit my job, the allergies basically vanished. I mean, there was no magical supplement. There was no magical diet. It really was that I had put myself in energetic situations that weren't healthy for me. And I had left myself in those situations, the point that I had fatigued my physical body to finally start trying to get my attention. To the doctor's chagrin, I'm sure he's like, fuck, I can't give you like a pill. (laughs) No, I know. Exactly. I finally just stopped going to him because I was like, this is no good. I'm spending a ton of money. I'm not happy with anything, especially what I'm able to eat and just forget it. Like, I'm just, I'm going to go figure this out on my own. And lo and behold, it was divorce and leaving a job that made everything better. And to this day, still, if I allow myself to get in a situation that is highly unhealthy, I'll start to sneeze. Well, that's a good radar, I guess. (laughs) I guess. How about we just learn to not get in those situations to be with? But I, when I, once I quit my job, um, you know, I, I was kind of free to get to know myself for the first time since I was a kid. And I spent a year blogging um, every day because I figured I'd never be in that kind because of Because she's a Capricorn. Because I'm in a third house, so communication. To yeah, you got to move that pen. Exactly. So I found my voice. And in the process, I had met Laura at the yoga studio that I went to in downtown Indianapolis. She was actually a teacher there, and I was a student. And she was best friend, became really good friends with my best friend at the time. And I thought, you know, if my best friend can be really good friends with Laura, then I should be really good friends with Laura. And um, for my 40th birthday, I planned a girls getaway to Mexico because I was YOLOing it until I quit my corporate job and uh, invite, invited Laura. And that's really how I got to know her. And that's really when we got back where our adventures in babysitting began. Because that's when we went to the shamans. Yeah. Which we didn't even know at the time what shamans did. No. I had a friend, a friend of ours, um, another yoga teacher, said that she had these shamans come to her house because they were having all these weird things happen in their house. Like their car wouldn't start when they were trying to leave or they would have some kind of issue that would prevent them from going on a vacation or leaving the house. And so the shamans went over and found all these kind of the spirits of children hanging around everywhere clinging to these two people that we know because they're so sweet. They're yeah. such good people. The kids just wanted to be in that energy, but they like were a spiritual to... orphanage up in there. Yeah. And they were trying to stop them from like going on vacation. So they cleared all that up. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I told Candy, what, then a couple months later, I realized the shamans had been coming to my yoga class on Fridays every week for months. And I'd been talking to them. I just had no idea that these were the same people. So they weren't like, hey, like full Shipibo regalia or anything. No, like they're like, like they're Amer- they're like American like American born and raised and trained in the Four Winds Society. Um, Word. Training, yeah. yeah. So they um so I said, hey Candy, 
Jim and Jill are shamans. Do you want to go see them? They they got rid of Anna and Chuck's ghosts I don't, from their house. That so, is 100% what I knew about them. And so because I had seen <laughs> ghosts as a kid, I was like, oh, I'm sure there's still ghosts hanging around me. I'm totally in. Let's do this. Well, we went. We booked back-to-back hour-and-a-half-long appointments, and we went together. They called us in together. They're like, you need to come together. So it was the husband and wife team and Candy and I in this room, and we spent three hours Bobby. Mostly crying, yeah, doing soul retrieval work, yeah. inner child stuff, and then we went back over and over again, probably for two to three years, yeah. at least every month, if not more often. And this was yeah. in Indianapolis? Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably so are you in guys like... into the Hoosiers movie? My granddaddy just passed. It was an, a, a lawyer from IU, and he's always, Indiana. Indiana. I'm like, bro. Like, uh, anyway, it's like not my scene. But we I've have been the there. opposite song, Indiana, you big banana. There was like, because we went to the op- the um, Purdue, which is the rival. Like, rival oh, school. well, my other granddaddy, went, uh, my grandpa who died at, at like 53 or something, really young, 54, he was a professor at Purdue. I could oh technically go there for free. I hadn't really Boys thought about up. the Indiana connection, but such a small world. Yeah. It can be. So anyway, uh, you guys have seen that fucking uh, movie with uh, Dennis Quaid, right? Yeah. yeah. Hoosiers. Okay. Yeah. Right, cutters, man. And that, <laughs> and that whole Italian fantasy. It's just like, yeah, delusion's a bitch. He must have been a Pisces. But um, <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just to get my head around, like, okay, so this is mid-America, and you guys are going to see shamans. Like, I, is that really common culture there? I don't – it's no. not like the Bay Area. So it's like, what's no. – Well, I mean, Indianapolis is a big enough city, so there's a, probably like a million people in that metro area. And, I mean, yoga is pretty big there. Things have been growing. There's like a couple of psychic shops, you know, where you can go get psychic readings. So it wasn't completely void, but it definitely wasn't a norm. And um, yeah, so we just started going and doing all this. It was basically like inner deep clearing work. I mean, it, it was awesome. I had done prior to that, I had done traditional therapy for on and off for 10 years. But intellectually knew all my hangouts and I could explain them to you, but they were still there. And shamanic work, if if you've never done it and you feel like you are stuck and can't get past something, shamanic work is amazing. They worked with us to clear so much stuff that once the trigger goes, it doesn't come back. And like both Laura and I just kept feeling ourselves getting lighter and lighter and freer and freer. A shamanic colonic, as they say. That's hilarious. I've not heard that before. Me neither. But that is perfect. Yes. Yeah. So then um, after that, I did a Reiki training. Yeah. Candy so and I are both doing Reiki trainings. Yeah. Candy did a training on food. Right. I did a food psychology training. Laura and I are both yoga teachers. Um, and then you bought. What year was this? Tree. Oh, God. This is a good question. Um, when did you do? In like 2013 ish. We started, we started in Nesha in 2014. So I'd already yeah. done my Reiki training by 2014. Yeah. And I was doing mine by then. And Laura had been, you'd been a practicing yoga teacher for six years. Yeah, I started in 2007. And I got, I did my yoga teacher training in 2010. Um, but so the I momentum was kind of kicking into gear at this point. It seemed like a lot of gifts and skill sets. Were, yeah. Yeah. Our asses were getting kicked into gear right. by everything around us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So then, so I was at this one yoga studio, then Candy bought a different one. And I moved over there, added a room to the basement where we could do healing work. And so we had a nice little community there until 2018 when we <laughs> we met a psycho business coach, for lack of a better word. I had 
This is crazy, Jim. And no, I'm all about this. Go for it. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. It's like a gossip all you want, but like oh, yeah. I want to yeah. know if this is a karmic relationship or what uh, the heck you guys look at this as. Something, yeah. yeah. So in 2014, when I left my job, I can see I, see, I can see myself still sitting at the kitchen table. Here's the crazy thing. When you're stuck in a rut for so many years and it ends, like your body keeps going in that rut. So I, you know, I quit my corporate job had a going away party on a Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, I wake up, everyone else has gone back to work. I don't go back to work. But what do I do? I get up every morning for the next two weeks, go to my kitchen table, open my computer and wait. <laughs> like I'm waiting to get an email. I'm waiting for someone to call. There's no one to email me. I quit my job. There's no one to call me with the problem. I quit my job. Like I was stuck still in this energetic rut. And I was sitting there one day and I'm like, oh my God, I just wish someone would tell me what I'm supposed to do next. I have no idea. Now, granted, that is the point of quitting your job, figure it out. But of course, you know, I wanted immediate answers. So I just sort of threw out this call and I get a ping on Facebook. This guy um, from LA messages me and says, hey, Candy, I see we have some mutual friends. And I'm like, of all he was incredibly attractive which sorry to you incredibly attractive men out there immediately put my guard up because i'm like mm. that's, fair. First, that's fair first of all you're like is this picture real right because <laughs> it was a little too good but we had one mutual friend on facebook and i thought this is weird i just completely ignored him like i shut did it. he like, wave to you that's the worst it's like yo or when like, poke you? this isn't how this that's, works the no, facebook yeah. fence is a, a facebook poke is offensive p.s i don't know why but i'm like what are you doing? If they can still do that? Yeah, it can still happen. I feel like it's like the same as getting a tap on the ass walking by somebody. Yeah. Probably um, worse, actually. Probably, because it's a poke. Because <laughs> at um, least you can punch the person in the face that slapped your ass. So I completely ignored the guy. I like closed the message. I never responded. And then fast forward to 2017, 2016, 2017, and 2017. At this point, Laura and I have... Been working at the yoga studio. Doing it. Where I'm teaching Reiki. I'm training people in Reiki. Right, like we've, we've the great American in- solar eclipse has occurred this year. I was yes. in Switzerland for that whole year, but so yes. I couldn't see it. But like, it's a pretty ratchet year. We saw it. It was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. nuts. We was drove like, down to pretty see big it. Deal. Well, Hi, well if you want to do a quick aside, how was that experience? Because I feel like as a mammal on a spinning rock, like that's a surreal experience. It's so real. And, and here we had to, we were in Indiana, so we had to drive to Kentucky to, to see it. And we, we just were like, we're going to get a hotel. We'll figure it out. It's yeah. not that hard. We just pulled off to this park, the side of the road, and met all these cool people. But it was mind-blowing. And I think people think that if they see a partial solar eclipse, it's the same thing. Yeah. It is not because you cannot take your glasses off when you're watching this, the partial eclipse. Yeah. You have to Probably unadvised. The... You can't. Right. Like, you can, <laughs> but, but... but you, you won't be. And it'll be hard to see anything because, you know, just because of the way, how bright the sun is. So when it actually makes the completion and you can pull your glasses off and really just, you can stare at it. It is nuts. Yeah. Everything looks super dark, but there's kind of light and the leaves are dancing. There's these weird shadows, this weird the green sp- energy that's kind of floating around. Like, I mean, it just completely changed the feeling of the earth that we were standing on at that I mean, moment it's a portal, in time. right? And that's yeah. Like- wild so in 2024 it's actually coming through indiana it's going to go right my like I'm, we're going to go to my parents house because it's going right through where they live no yeah, so we've already got <laughs> the next one planned maybe it'll be a tsugu retreat yeah the that's a great idea i saw the camino right? uh trail or whatever in 2021 yeah. i was like oh that'd be cool maybe because i was supposed to be yeah. in europe right now hanging out with Raphael and shit but thanks covid uh, for kind of ruining thanks. the sleepover um right. anyway i didn't mean to 
derail you. So this crazy dude hits you back up 2017. Yeah. So 2017. Now I have, a, I'm you know ending another relationship. I'm bored out of my mind with the yoga studio because yeah, so it bored. wasn't the challenge or it didn't have the fire. Probably that not the alignment. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the alignment. Um, we had also been working on another business called um, Kismet Cards. Uh, it is Kismet with the amazing Paula Kruger. Um, she, that website, that business is still out there. Check it out. It's awesome. But like, I, so I had these separate things happening. Nothing was in full alignment. It just felt like I needed some other kind of push. So again, I sit down at a dining room table. I'm like, look, here I am again, a relationship ending. Jobs don't, like, they're not going right. I don't feel fulfilled professionally. I really wish somebody could just come in and tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. And I shit you not, Jim, that same guy that had messaged me in 2014 hits me Waved up. Waved you on MySpace. No. <laughs> no, it's a retroactive. <laughs> he got me on LinkedIn. And so I was at the space. Hey, of- Capricorn, why do you have LinkedIn? Only Capricorns are like. <laughs> You know, who does that? It's like, hi, I saw you at the uh, public restroom on the third floor. You are correct. Only Capricorns are on LinkedIn. But because he hit me on LinkedIn, I was like, what do I have to lose? It's LinkedIn. At least it's a business platform. And I'm safe. Said, I know it. I'm it's safe. like a digital exactly. condom or something. Right. Not quite. <laughs> well, I just launched, a, I was trying my hand also at a, at a coaching business called Corporate Candy. And he said, I see. Did that get on- hit up in the, like, did people misinterpret that sometimes? They're like, where's the stripper yeah. kind of thing? I feel like <laughs> the, the branding there feels like, like it's, but the, double it's, the thing is, it's a legit nickname they used to give her. It is uh, what her they job. called me. At my oh, that's legit. Candy. I get it. I mean, I'm seeing your stelly. It's like, yeah, you're a boss ass chick. But, um, okay. I just wanted to know if there was like, you yeah. know, random heavy breathing callers and you're just like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> Quick, get me back to LinkedIn or whatever. I'm just like, look, it's two ninety nine a minute. I just upped the charge. Um, so yeah, so he hits me up on LinkedIn and says, I see that you just launched this coaching business. I'm in a coaching business. Maybe we can help each other. And I'm thinking client referrals at this point. Like, you know, I'm being probably a little, obviously a lot. Networking. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, what kind of harm can come from talking to this guy on the phone? He's in LA. I'm in Indianapolis. First of all, when that question pops into your head, that is a warning. If Ever he something didn't pop into your head? At, no. <laughs> but what popped into my head was what harm can come from it. Well, that right there tells you something. The universe will answer it. you with the yeah. yeah. So I did this call with this guy. It was such an ego-filled call. He talked about himself the entire time. I got off of it. I called Laura. I was like, I have no idea why I talked to that guy. I, I, I don't see any networking opportunities. I don't understand why I even reached out. And as I'm telling Laura this, he sends me a text and says, um, I just got approval from the higher ups that uh, I can share with you my new protocol that I've been working on. And I'm like, higher ups? I thought. He was and this isn't like Galactic Federation. This is more like uh, some LA oh, no. startup or whatever he's with. Yeah. Well, no. He told me that he, he doesn't for know. So I look at Laura and I'm like, higher ups? He said he was an entrepreneur working for himself. And Laura just points up towards the sky. I'm like, like higher ups. Oh, like higher up. And so I get excited thinking, oh my God, this guy's working with like higher energy, higher dimensions. We do a call. He is the most psychic human I have ever spoken to. And Jim, you know, we all know Rion and Alexander, and they're plugged in and tuned in and working with the light and amazing humans. And this guy was more tuned in than that. And there, we'll tell you why in a moment. But he hooked me. He like took me through the what he called a blueprint, where he can read your blueprint and tell you the skills that you have and how they all play together. So he looked at 
me as a teenager in my 20s and my 30s and then in my 40s and was able to draw these lines to show how these different experiences and different skills should all be playing together. And then he did the same thing for Laura. He said, you know, I was telling Laura about this later. And as I'm telling Laura yet again, a story about him, he messages me and says, and tell your business partner, she's got some work to do too. And he's like, tell her that lackadaisical attitude is not going to get her anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Laura's like, I want to talk to this guy. So then she does a call with him. Next thing we know, it's a few months later and we're entering into a contract with him to become our business coach, to work with us personally and together as a unit. And we signed this agreement and I was so excited to sign it. And the moment that I signed it, I thought, I just signed a contract with the devil. Like that's just what popped into my head. And it was six months of excruciating work. Self-inner work. Yeah, we were completely exhausted the entire time we worked with him. He was constantly spinning us up to reassure us, to drain us of energy. Like It was this weird combo of coaching and cheerleading and then like spanking us for random things. And it kind of started out one way and slowly, slowly, slowly evolved. And there was, um, do you ever use Ascension Glossary? I've heard of it and I have okay. looked it's through like, it maybe, but I have, I'm not like a student of it or anything. Right. There's So if you look up um, psychological warfare on that website, the description is exactly what we were experiencing. It was like divide and conquer, wear down the morale. Um, I mean, it just, it was a checklist. It was a checklist. It, it's crazy. So when Candy says she had this feeling she signed a contract with the devil, even though we were planning on doing this really amazing business where we have and this is like, we want to put this out there because someone should do this. It's awesome, especially and maybe all the empty malls that there are going to be. Yeah. But it, it would be like, there'd be a space for a co-working space, a space for childcare, places where you can work out, places where you can go get um, like massage, acupuncture, essential oils, juice bar. Vegetarian, all... vegan food. So you go to one place and all this stuff is there. It's yeah, like a health mall. A Zen lab. Yeah. So the idea was so cool. I, I got really excited about it. But at the same time, I knew it, he was going to disappear out of our lives with no kerfuffle whatsoever. And it was just going to be over. And I was like, how are we going to build this big business? And he's going to leave. It doesn't make any sense. And I, on the other hand, thought we are tied to this man for the rest of our lives. If I get away from him, there's no way to escape. <laughs> so we were like at complete opposite ends of it. But he, I mean, we ended up destroying the brand of the yoga studio that I bought, rebranding it. We ended up driving all of the clients away. Like the energy was awful. And we were so it's, physically I so exhausted. Tired. I've never been so tired in my we life. We stopped working out, which I mean, you know, like that's the number one thing when you're working with energy. You have to work out because you have to keep that energy clear. We stopped working out. I'd be out of breath going upstairs in my house. It was like we couldn't get enough sleep. So overall, just not a good look. Oh my god, it was awful. So yeah, it was. But uh, for the quick thing, uh, I was uh, Haley and I read Gene Keys every morning, and one that we read today was about synergy or something like that, or one nearby that, um, like the forty fifth Gene Key or something. And the city of that was something like you were talking about, where it's just like uh, instead of hierarchy, it's heterarchy. She's like, why doesn't everybody work together for the same common goals? It's a good idea, actually. I hope somebody does something like that. It seems yeah. like, you know, a better version of 
I mean, that's the kind of thing that should be happening, but we've kind of all said, I want my particular brands or whatever. So some people go to Starbucks and some people go to Lafayette yeah. Academy for their kids or whatever, and all these kind of options. But it's, if it was all in one place, you could have like a kind of a startup community almost like that. Yeah. More of the co-op mentality. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so keep point, going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just like, okay. that's a good idea. It's so it, awesome. It was good. It's did good. you watch um, real quick? Did you watch homecoming with Julia Roberts on Netflix? No. Um, this was a few, a few years ago. It's a really interesting kind of like, it's like psychological thriller yeah, a little bit, yeah. but at and one point there's, they're it. in this exact thing that I'm talking about. It's not part of the plot. They're just there. And it's like, they go there for whatever. It's <laughs> where like, she used to work. And we're like, oh my God, there it is. I mean, the, Zen like, lab. the wellness yeah. mall, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. It's totally right there. Staring at <laughs> so us it's out there. It's in the consciousness. So at one point, Laura and I fly out to LA to meet him. Because every all the work we've done together has been over the phone. We've never met him face to face. LinkedIn. It's like, oh, we'll just send messages on LinkedIn. Exactly. We fly out there to meet him. It's a completely weird interaction. But we're having lunch, dinner with him and his girlfriend. And sitting across the table from us, he literally shapeshifts. Laura and I did not talk about it in the moment. We talked about it afterwards. We both saw him go and shift into a Buddha-type looking character. Like All of a sudden, his belly was huge. He had pushed back from the table. His hands are resting on a belly that previously had not been there. It was the weirdest, wildest thing I've ever witnessed with my eyes. I thought, oh my God, how tired am I that I like all of a sudden I'm looking at Pluto? What the fuck? Well, and, and there was all these like things along the way that made us think, oh, he's so s- spiritual. And then, uh, and he's got like enough power that well, he, he can... told us he was working with the ascended masters. Yes, he did. He did tell us that. perfect hook to get Laura and I. Yeah. So he said that all of the psychic abilities, everything that was coming to him, all the information was coming to him from the ascended masters. He would know what my thoughts were. Mm-hmm. I would start having thoughts about leaving, like getting, trying to get out of the contract. And I would have the thoughts. He would be texting me. The higher ups have told me that you're like thinking, you know, you're thinking about ending things or you're, you're, you're questioning whether we should be working together. Let's talk about this tomorrow. Like every time he would nail me on my thoughts. It was so so in the middle of it toward the middle end of it we went on our first camino to spain which we're now going to hopefully take two groups next year to go um with a friend of mine who lives in andalusia in southern spain who runs tours down there and then runs tours on the camino and we had so much fun but, but we were like finally free from it we weren't really working although the second week we were gone we did do some calls with him we just felt so different and so yeah. free. Well, we were there. out of his control. We were we're out, out of his, his control. And then when we came back, I freaked out. I was crying. <laughs> I was like, I felt so homesick. That's the only way I could describe it. We got back home and I felt homesick. And and I felt joyless. At one point, I was like, oh my God, I'm not feeling any joy about anything. I don't even know why I'm on this planet anymore. And I didn't have a suicidal thought. It was more of I don't want to live on a planet where I can't feel joy. And I didn't think that I would ever be able to feel joy again because of the work that we were doing with it. Who we now call Rue. And we also call him Dun Dun Dun. Dun Dun Dun. We don't say his name. We don't invoke his name. Um, so we went out to lunch one day with a, the massage therapist at the, the space where we did, had the healing space. And she's just like bubbly, giggly, always happy, yeah. no matter what kind of shit show she's got going on in her life. And we both sat across from her separately looking at her and thinking, wait a minute. I used to be happy like that. I I used to find joy. I used to get laugh and giggle. Who have I become? And so Laura was spiritually oppressed. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Laura was heading to a wedding in California with friends that weekend, and I was in staying in Indianapolis. And so we were like, our energy was separate. And he was going to end up leaving both of us alone because we were separate. He really liked to manipulate and manage us when we were together. So I thought, I'm going to take this weekend and figure out what I'm going to do going forward. I think I'm going to break the contract, but I just need to be in my own space to figure it out. Tell me and... you did ayahuasca or something. I'm kidding. <laughs> It's like, I'm going all the way in. I got to figure this shit out now. Well, I met with a friend. I don't know if you know Christina Job or not. She's our dear friends. Um, I met with her and because she's a great sound. She would actually be a really good person to have on the show because she she makes like little hat things, hats, also things that go inside of hats and scarves that help with 5G, protect you from 5G technology. And we were watching Watchmen. And the guy puts on the silver hat and we're all like, oh my God, that is exactly what Christina's it's making. Energy or a field or something yeah. like that. Um, she's amazing. But That's funny like, because you said Watchmen. I was thinking of that of as the guy who was just like, I know what you're doing. Uh, is very yeah. kind of that energy versus like, all right, bro, what do you tap into? Anyway, <laughs> right. keep, keep going. You guys, so the, go, the gang gets Christina. separated. Right. The gang gets separated. I go out with Christina. I'm sort of laying out in front of her and uh, as unbiased a way as I possibly can to get to solicit some honest feedback from her. Finally, by the end of the night with her, she's like, I cannot believe you are working with this ass hat. Like you do what you need to do. She knows hats. So I mean, yeah, she <laughs> does know hats. You do what you need to do, but I would probably get out of this. And so I'm like, uh, yes, this is all I needed to hear was somebody else who's not in the middle of it, realizing the crazy that it is. So I go home that night and I text him and just, well, actually I go home that night. He texts me first as always and says, we need to talk tomorrow. I can tell you're having doubts again. And I just politely texted back. I'm like, addressed him by his name and said, look, I appreciate everything you've done for me. I've learned so much. I've grown so much but this is no longer working for me. And I think we need to end this relationship. I wish you the very best, you know, in all your endeavors going forward. That has nothing to do with Laura. You guys are free to work together if you want. This is my personal decision. I hope you can understand and respect it. And he goes apeshit in text. Like starts saying the nastiest, meanest things. And so I just shut off my head. How not Buddha. Right. How not Buddha now. But immediately, as soon as I quit and shut off my phone, all my energy came rushing back. I was up until 3 a.m. that night because it was like I could float. I was just running through my house screaming, I'm a sovereign being. I'm a sovereign being. Like, I, just, I was free and I felt the energy leave. It was gone. Like, I had said, I wish no there was security cam footage of that. It, oh that my would God, be right? pretty cool. It's like, whoa, this is some modern witch shit, guys. Check it out. It is. So, as luck would have it, I had set up a call with our dear friend Alexander Mazone of Galactic He's cool. Hero. He's so yeah. rad. I knew I couldn't talk to him before. Here's the other thing. This cat, the, the coach, told us that we couldn't talk to anyone else that was psychic or work with any of our other psychic friends. For six months. He said six, for six months. He says for six which months. Which is exactly how long we worked with him. Exactly how long we worked with him. So I, like, I, we didn't do calls with Rion. We didn't do calls with Alexander like we normally would have because it just felt like we needed to not protect them from the energy, but keep them out of it because it felt so wonky. So I had, I, I had. Private dojo. We're not allowed yeah. to play with others, I guess. Not exactly. Yeah. I had said fuck so, it. And I said number one of a cult. Yeah. I set up a call with Alexander for Monday. So I broke up with dun 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 on a Saturday night. 
gave it Monday for the energy to clear. Already had this call scheduled with Alexander. He throws these cards out and he's like, uh, Candy, I thought you worked with all women. I'm like, I do. He goes, this? Like, there is so much masculine energy coming through in these cards. I mean, he's like, is there a man somewhere in the picture? So then I tell him, yeah, I've been working with the business coach for the past six months. And he's like, oh, I got it. Okay. And he starts giving me this reading. He was nailing it. And then he he's the only me, person I've ever gotten a tarot reading from, for the record. Like I do cards and stuff and he's the only one I've ever paid for. And it's like, oh, that was legit. That was legit. So good. He's like, Candy, that guy is working with the Draco reptilian energy. And the whole purpose of that energy was to repress the divine feminine. And my mouth hit the floor. He's like, you need to go through all of the proper channels to terminate that contract. Like pay him. If you owe him any money, pay it. Like this just needs to be an absolute clean break. Like don't flush the toilet. Don't, don't, exactly. Don't shortcut it anywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, but what about Laura? Like, and now I'm immediately worried. Like, Oh my God, Laura's still working with this guy. And he's like, don't worry about Laura. She's one day behind you. And Laura will always choose happiness. Well, shit, right. that's a good read. <laughs> like, it is. Don't sweat it ever. You just got to yeah, like, lag, apparently. Yeah, he's like, you can't you can't tell her any of this. You can't push it on her. You've got, like, she, she's one day behind you. She'll get there. She'll always choose happiness. So the next day, I'm picking Laura up at the airport. <laughs> well, so I was, so all of this was going down while I was in California, but Candy was nice enough not to message me until the day after the wedding, which, by the way, we were, it was a friend of mine who lives in Amsterdam, who's from California, who's marrying a French guy the weekend of the France World Cup win. So we a were watching, it was so fun. Yeah, so we were watching the, the World nice Cup. Ways, yeah. yeah, and um, so this is all going down and I actually talked to our coach on the phone a little bit while I was there and I was beside myself. I was like really nervous. I had, I always get really bad digestive issues when I get really nervous and I was having all, like, I was a mess and I just didn't know what I was going to do because I knew Candy was leaving, but I also, we had these projects kind of laid out and I was really excited about the projects and I guess part of me was thinking I couldn't do them without him, which I think was kind of part of his purpose of making us think that. Um, so then Candy picks me up at the airport and she's like, I, I talked to Alexander. I was like, well, what did he say? She's like, are you sure you want to know? I was like, yes, I want to know. She goes, he said that Dun 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 is working with the Draco reptilian energy. And I was like, oh, hell no, fuck that. And the minute I said that, the energy came rushing back, like Candy described. All of it came back. I felt so much lighter like elation, excitement, joy, all that stuff that had been gone for months was right, right there. So we went through the process then of shutting that whole thing down. And I think maybe a month or so later, we actually did a call with Rion. And it reminds me of Jurassic Park. Like this was a good idea, but like fucking T-Rexes are on the loose now. And shit, let's just get yeah. off the island. Let's get out of here. This got yeah, that's a bad idea. Shit went wrong. Um, so like a month or two later, we're doing a call with Rion, and he says that that was it was something that our souls had kind of pre-planned that if we weren't at a certain point, that this was an option for us, and it was going to be like tough and quick. You know, like wouldn't have lasted any longer than six months, which is exactly it's like spiritual waterboarding. Yeah, it was, Good choice. Right? because it like slingshot slingshotted us so far forward because we had so many crazy experiences that I don't think either one of us would have ever believed if some I mean, we wouldn't have thought someone was lying, but we would have been like, well, I mean, are you exaggerating? Like, well, and the other thing I would say is if I compared myself before that experience to after, I'm, I'm much lighter and much happier. Oh, yeah. So we cleared a lot with him. We did a lot of inner self-work with him, just like we had done with the shamans. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the big turning points with him was we had been working with him for 
like five and a half months at this point. And he says, all right, so now we're going to start doing the shadow work. Laura and I were both like, uh, what the, we have not been doing shadow work to this point. What the hell hell have we been been doing? doing? This shit is crazy. We clear all this. We get on the other side of it. Now we're like, I've shut down the yoga studio, shut down the wellness space. I had started to, we started working on uh, opening a restaurant that falls through. We shut that down. What kind Um, of food? It was going to be a vegan vegetarian restaurant. It was going to nice. be amazing. Yeah, it was a really good idea too. It was a good idea. I hope somebody does that too. <laughs> it's out there in the consciousness. Um, and we meet with Laura, one of Laura's Reiki teachers at the time who's become a good friend of ours. And she says, I keep seeing you guys move. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> we could move there. Because there was nothing anchoring us to Indianapolis at that point. And that was probably September, October. September probably. And... October, no, November, early November, we end up making a road trip to Asheville. End up house hunting that weekend. I'm from Richmond, Virginia, but I've never been to uh, Asheville. I heard it's kind of like, you know, I don't even know. Grateful Dead Bears running around in the woods. I'm not even really sure what to think of it. Yeah. Jim, I was born in Roanoke, Virginia, by the way. Nice. Two up, two down. (laughs) VA. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we moved in December. I mean, once we got free of that energy, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. All this stuff lined up. It was the easiest move I've ever made. Sold my house, closed on the house. Laura and I moved here together and we're walking around the neighborhood one day and we start brainstorming about what we're going to do next. Like our, you know, this, this kind of next profession career we want to go into. And all of a sudden we start brainstorming into guru and it was such a natural fit because everything we had experienced with the Puru was about giving our power away. The Puru. And... That's classic. <laughs> I like it. I'm not being facetious. That's good. I also like the da da da. Like that's yeah, da, 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 da. a good way to reference somebody without like getting a libel lawsuit. Right. Yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I think It's You Guru was completely born out of not only mine and Laura's life experience, but definitely from the experience that we had those six months that we were working with him because we had given so much of our own power and our own knowing over to someone else. Even though I think at the same time that we were doing it, we also knew what we were doing on some much deeper level. So it was really us, I think, both deciding we want to step into this knowingness all the time and step into being in our power all the time and helping other people to do the same thing. Because if we all step into our power and learn our truth and learn how to tap into that truth, this world can only be a better place. And so that's kind of how It's You Guru was born. Out of, out of Puru comes It's You Guru. <laughs> Can't have Guru. It's You Guru without the Puru. Right. Um, so fertilizer. I mean, there's a whole lot I want to kind of talk about first. Okay. So first of all, obviously, uh, I think you guys know, uh, Haley is an RH negative. I'm pretty sure Raphael is an RH neg. Um, and he always gets on me about being xenophobic with galactic stuff. So what is y'all's opinion on like bloodlines and, you know, whatever races of aliens and stuff in the sense that obviously there's kind of a, uh, hmm. A lot of karmic baggage, one could say, with reptilians, um, and yet I guess it's all us experiencing itself in diverse ways. However, I, I want to get kind of your ontological position and how you approach that um, dynamic. And there's no right or wrong answer. You could be fuck the yeah. you know them, but like 
I'm just kind of curious as to how you process it afterwards. Cause I mean, I'll get into this in a minute, but like, it sounds like you guys understand and I'm not good. I get this all on paper. So I'm like, I guess I have a Pleiadian aspect and all this, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the point is like, it's all us. Like Alan Watts style is like, okay, so we're witnessing this thing as a fractal, like a broken fractal in a sense. Mm-hmm. And um, so how do you reconcile maybe feelings of hostility or fear or any of that kind of stuff with the fact that it's just like you outside of yourself doing weird shit to you? Right. <laughs> That's a really good question. Uh, it took us and we're all human, so it's all good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, hey, you might still be processing the trauma. Well, I think it, like, it took us a long time to unpack all of it. We puzzled and colored for three months, three months after we broke up with the Puru, just unpacking and unwinding from all the craziness. Because it, it really kind of was, I would feel like... You mean like free association doodling? Uh, puzzling and like coloring, like coloring puzzles books. together. For yeah, hours, yeah, yeah, okay. every day. So, like, yeah, and inner coloring. child yeah. boot camp yeah. kind of thing. Right, yeah. and so I I felt initially like we won some big contest. Like we graduated. Like we graduated from some big contest, and still to this day, we're not one hundred percent certain that guy knows what he's really doing. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. We're not sure that he's not a pawn in a much larger game, right? Um, that he has any idea that he's working with dark instead of light. And so the other thing that I think is really helpful for me comes from the law of one concept of how the only way you can grow is through, I guess, darkness is a good word or, or adversity. Yeah, know. adversity. Right. Yeah. Um, Trial. Um, and that the agreements like the galactic agreements that are in place or, or the way that this like darker energy is getting around the free will agreements kind of is, is their excuses. These souls are here for growth. We're here to provide that opportunity for growth. So to me, it's like kind judge of all, dread boot camp, And they're like, right. It's job. like, uh, right. And it's like, we signed up for, I mean, we both know we signed up for it. And we also knew we called it in separately. Like I, I haven't mentioned this, but my, quest to the universe was i want to see what it's like to live on planet earth having cleared as much of my inner shit as i possibly can yeah. like what would that feel like that was what i wanted to know so you and put this... the video game on a hard basically right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah exactly. so that's how i called that in so like as far as like blame I don't know. I don't feel, I don't feel any anger or blame. I never really no. did. I mean, no, I, I absolutely 100% know I called this action in i mean clearly i actually called out to the universe and he responded both times even though i wanted someone else to tell me what i was supposed to be doing the lesson that i was learning the whole time is that i had the answers that i like knew that yeah. i had been ignoring my own advice my own wisdom that whole time and so my job was to finally step into my knowing and take back my power which is ultimately what i had to do to break the contract so and- we were it sort feels of like, like a gift in a weird way. Right. And we well, were kind of, the we gift wanted, covered in barbed wire, I guess. Right. We wanted to, well, at the, we kind of just wanted it to like all be behind us at first. And then we got rid of all of our notebooks, which now I'm kind of yeah, mad at uh, myself for. But because to me, it it's was like, like Luke Skywalker this, and Rise of Skywalker. You burned the sacred text. <laughs> right. Yeah. We just, why'd we do that? Because we were just like, we need this to be behind us. But impulse is one hell of a drug. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but to me, like, still, we're still unpacking it because still we'll be like, oh, my God, you remember when Dun 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 said blah, blah, blah. And now it's it's a, it's in effect. So Alexander, one of the things he told Candy on that call was 75 percent of what he is teaching you and saying to you is good, is helpful, is necessary. And we are still he was 
telling us things we're just now figuring out or we're just now putting into play in our lives. I mean, back he, then. the blueprint that he saw in us could easily be applied to everything we're doing with as you guru. He was just communicating it to us through his lens and, and, and his what he, his passions. Yeah. But now we, like, we can still hear some of his words and we're like, Oh my God, we're doing exactly that. Only we're doing it this way. It's just, it's mind blowing. So, I mean, it, it was a huge gift and it was magical. I feel like still, I'm like, Oh my God, it was magic. Oh yeah. I can't believe we did it. Well, it sounds like magical at the very least shape shifting <laughs> yeah. and fucking psychic yeah. stuff. Um, well, it I mean, reminds me, B- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So we did the VQH training after all of this happened with him. And that gave us the ability then on our own to go into the bubble and start asking questions and getting more clarity and really trying to unpack at a, a completely another level that had happened, like a, an energetic and spiritual level. And, you know, to answer your original question about the energy and, and reptilians and everything, one of the things that we're regular, repeatedly told in the bubble is there is no black and white there is no absolute truth until there's absolute unity. Everything's a shade of gray. And the dark is an important part of being able to have the light. Right? I mean, if, if everything's light, then everything's light and there is no dark. And we don't even know it's light because there's nothing to oppose. It's it. a Pleiadian wet dream. Everything's just yeah. light, guys. <laughs> yeah, right. Then, exactly. So we, we really try to look at it through that lens of even when something's dark, it doesn't make it bad. It, it has value. Means- independently maybe a preference in some weird way because Raphael and I have talked about and he's been quiet hopefully still alive geez he's a Libra (laughs) so he might just be twiddling his thumbs (laughs) rubbing his little mustachio or whatever and be like wow because he's into Bashar and it's very interesting he's got an Aquarius North Node and I've got 11th house Sun and Moon Gemini Um, so it doesn't surprise me we're kind of doing this stuff but anyway um, the point is we've talked about I think we had an episode on I forget now if there was an episode or we just I, I think we did an episode Raphael on the uh secret teachings of the ages so i heard the audiobook while yes. i was in australia yeah yeah exactly ah he is alive um <laughs> so there's a chapter in that we've referenced a bunch and it's kind of a weird mind fuck but it's kind of like you know um i think it's the cabalistic epiphany of adam or something i'm always botching this chapter title Raphael always has it uh and i don't think we need to read it necessarily we've read it but um there's this chapter in the book that's talking about basically adam like adam and eve adam i guess um is you know gone through life and he sees satan as this serpent he's like you know he dies or whatever and he's like oh shit there you are my adversary and you've been all this you've been my foe and like set up everything against me for my success you know just you might you're the yang to my yin baby or whatever it's like holy shit fuck you and then this serpent and i'm not a luciferian for the record but this serpent turns into uh i got a caveat with that because it's kind of it's flavor. a cherubim it's an angel first he the adamic man tries to enter in a sense into immortality oh, here, or yeah, the afterlife or whatever and uh it's a cherubim, which then transforms into a snake, which is then identified like as shaitan or as the adversary. Then Adam keeps complaining and kind of like saying, you know, I call you bluff. You know, I know I'm self-empowered. You know, I know immortality is within me and so on. That's kind of like the argument he's making, which is valid, of course. Running through the house saying I am sovereign kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And the chapter is called The Kabbalistic Keys of the Creation of Man. And then finally, um, the snake turns into... Actually, oh yeah, I think a, an angel with like huge wings and so on, or even yeah, something like or essentially God basically, and kind of explaining to him like yeah, so like yeah, also this shadow aspect, you know, 
I, I was tempting you so that you could basically deliver yourself or that you could free yourself because if you were not tempted, you know, how would you understand? And it's of okay. course interesting, especially in the realms of, you know, let's say more down to earth activities as to what extent this could be seen as an excuse. At the very least, one can then understand potentially the motivation of individuals thinking that way, of course. Um, and in terms of the xenophobic part, I was just always saying like, for example, with reptilians or whatever, like just as with humans, there are all kinds of alignments and qualities within each, you know, skin color or denomination or whatever label you put on it in a very same way, of course, in an infinite universe, especially there must be also all variants of, you know, reptilians, you know, those who really want to eat you and those who are like super wise and you would be happy, you know, to have as your guide, um, that's kind of just what I was getting at in terms of uh, xenophobia. Totally. Well, there's another couple of books, if you guys haven't read them, one of them is called The Nine Ways of Creation. And then the other is um, Quantum. Quantum Science of Psychedelics. And they, in that book, um, Calaman, the same author, the same author Dan Calaman, I think. Carl. Carl. Um, he talks about the serpent and how the serpent shows up in multiple cultures. And we always assume Thanks to, you know, some of these stereotypes that a serpent is meant to be bad or the devil, but the serpent was actually the sine waves that were, that are energetic, that are coming and hitting the planet. And there's nine of them. And now we've, we've had all nine are available to us. The ninth being the unity wave. And then they go back into history and look at how the serpent was actually this image that's been hijacked. And the, the, the purpose was to bring about evolution of creation but that gave us as individuals power. And so the organized powers that be decided to hijack this imagery so that we forget our own power and we forget that we have access to these nine waves. And so then we're locked into this control mechanism that's organized by man out of greed and money and all that other fun stuff. So um, yeah, I think the reptilian energy is super interesting that you guys brought it up because it's really complex. It's it might be more good than bad, honestly, if when you're looking at it just from an energetic signature and not looking at it from a, a race of beings. Or maybe also getting into the idea, you know, I'm sure you've had probably many questions also about variants of so-called abductions, or as Bashar likes to call them, temporary detainments in yeah. hyperspace. And of course, oftentimes grace come up. And also when individuals ask about them, when I'm channeling or just talking about these things, and it one thing that's always very relevant to me is like, don't never with, with any encounter, you know, no, how matter how jarring it may seem. I mean, always trust your intuition, of course, but always really like check yourself. If you've really been encountering a quote unquote negative energy, that's negative unto itself, or whether it's just, you know, a huge load of projections and unresolved issues that you're putting on top of it, which for example, could happen, especially with gray consciousness, even more so because as far as I understand, if they're organized in the hive mind, then of course, it's quite a challenge even to communicate at all with a very highly individualized mind. So I'm always kind of like for, uh, you know, awareness of these uh, potential uh, diplomatic uh, processes and issues that may be considered when interpreting such experiences. Yeah, and for the absolutely. record, I've made beasts with the devil, quote unquote, on acid before, where I was kind of like, look, <laughs> Judas had to pull the trigger. You know, like there's a functional necessity, some of these dynamics and stories we tell. So it's like, I guess some people just, you know, it's like, well, who wants to play cops and robbers? And some people are like, we'll be the robbers. So it's like at some level, it's like that. Um, so when I when we talk about that mainly Hall kind of excerpt, 
you know, on the one hand, it's like, okay, so is Bill Gates really trying to microchip us and turn us into the Borg and all this shit? And like, it's dark Orwellian timelines. Well, but according to this theory, he kind of has to, no? <laughs> well, somebody has to be the asshole, I guess, right? Exactly. You've got to pin it on someone. So, right. Not, not just pin like, it, but even in the sense of like, you know, I mean, you can tell me what you guys think, but we're on a completely different timeline anyhow. But even just having actors that are, in a sense, uh, like deliberately pushing. I'm always really impressed, like also with it, of course, depends on one's own opinions and so on, but with varying individuals and so on that I consider to have no integrity at all left anymore and how boldly they can go on and, you know, try to implement, as you mentioned, you know, whatever negative ideas of control systems. And they, I mean, I guess many of them are really afraid, but I'm really impressed by their acting skills in a sense and uh, their in a sense, I guess, ferocity, but maybe they're just driven by so much fear that that turns them into, you know, that variant. But to really see that, and this is discussed in Law of One, maybe also interesting to ask you about, because, you know, Law of One is a bit older and so on, which, you know, can matter or, or not matter. But he's also talking about the conflicts on higher densities and the kind of strange, like, uh, checkmates and issues they're having, like the positive side attempting to help, but the negative side only willing to take and manipulate. So the positive side actually then has to decide not really to help, but then it can't grow properly. So it's a really uh, strange dynamic. Uh, maybe there's something you'd like to mention about that. Well, you know, it's interesting. We regularly have, um, so we do what we call a live BQH Q&A or live bubble Q&A where uh, members of the Guru League get to join us and, and they get to ask questions and Laura and I are in the bubble and we answer them in real time and we record it and then they have access to it later. And um, one of the things that we regularly got asked about for a while was, um, you know, is Google evil, evil, is Bill Gates evil, like these questions about good or bad. And what regularly comes back through the bubble from our higher selves is that they really don't like the concept of good or evil, good or bad, that again, everything is a bit of gray. And what we're failing to take into account might be that someone like a Bill Gates, who this was an actual answer, his intention from his perspective is good. I have the knowledge, I have access oh, yeah. to the tools, I have access to the money. If I could help make the world a better place through vaccines, then I'll do that. Um, and this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to contribute. So, you know, from an outsider's perspective, we may be viewing his behavior one way, but when you access that higher consciousness, you have the perspective of, okay, wow, this, this soul did come here to try to do something, to try to make a difference. And they're doing it within the framework that they have access or with the skills and the tools that they have access, which may or may not fall into a gray slash darker area when observed by an outsider. Well, and that's things too. People ask a lot about the, like the microchip and the vaccines and all that. And the response is always, well, if you believe that there's a microchip in the vaccine that's going to do X, Y, Z things, then, then you're going to be part of that consciousness. Yeah. So I guess what this would include the, the, the framework in this case, and, you know, of course it's getting to background motivations and so on. But then my question would be whether it could be that uh, in just as an example, you know, a Gates mind, if he's deeply steeped in scarcity, which may be hard to imagine if one is technically rich, at least um, that, for example, also the idea of depopulation may be a good thing in his mind. Well, it's like, what was that movie? Marvel. Um, 
Oh my god. Well, Captain Marvel? I can know the no the other one. What's that guy's name? Fuck. I'm, so, I'm like, actually binging all the Marvel movies as we speak. Okay, so well it's, it's toward the that. end, so I don't oh, want to ruin it. But it's the bad guy from toward the end, the, the last Theros. couple. Theros. Oh, Theros. Thanos. Yeah, Thanos. Yeah, I, I've seen that. Don't worry. You're That's right. it's like it's not that different. Well, right. I mean, that's like a, a in his mind, he thinks he's saving the universe. Well, right. it's also in the book Ishmael, right? Which was written however long ago. 70s, in the 70s. So Ishmael, right? It's the talking gorilla. And he's saying that humans are, we're the only species that live on the planet that don't want to allow any, any part of ourselves to become extinct. Whereas, you know, if, if a colony or a colony of ants lives somewhere where there's no food, and the ants will either move or they'll become extinct. Whereas we humans, when we have part of ourselves that live in the desert and there's no food, rather than encouraging that tribe to move or those people to relocate or you know, allowing them to become extinct, we immediately start sending food. So we start making more food and sending it to them to try to now give them a way to be sustainable. And they're like, it's the the argument there is that it, we're the only species that doesn't allow for this natural evolution or natural extinction and then we tip the scales and, and we imbalance things by doing that and so one could argue that bill gates's concept of scarcity and depopulation might not be a bad thing it might actually be more in line with naturally existing on a planet i'm not saying i necessarily believe and i'm a fan of bill gates but i'm just offering another viewpoint and a viewpoint that perhaps our higher selves would also offer that we don't always know exactly the motivation or why well, it's, it goes it goes along Good. with the concept that we're like how afraid or how much people, even people who consider themselves spiritual, how much attached to the physical world they are. Right. We're terrified of, on some level, a lot of us are terrified of dying. So to see someone else die or become extinct is, well, COVID is a great example. There's so much fear around COVID a lot of times because there's this fear of getting sick and not recovering. And you, we don't want to see it happen to a friend or a neighbor or you know, Kevin Bacon, seven, six degrees up, away from us because that brings mortality that much closer to us. Um, and, and it's getting right with the fact that we are so much more than this physical vessel. We're, we're an essence. We're an existence that cannot be, you know, it can't be destroyed. What I would just say, though, because I've been also recently discussing these ideas you bring up, and they're, of course, all very valid. What I'm just thinking about is even if we were to agree in whatever shape or form that, uh, let me just say, we would want, for whatever reason, I totally don't subscribe to that, by the way, that we would need less population in my the view. Georgia the Georgia Stone School. Yeah, the Georgia Guideline Stone uh, type thing. Because mm -hmm. in my view, anyhow, we're most likely actually only accessing a very a sliver of the actual resources and a sliver of the actual land we technically right. would have access to, even, even now, even on the known, let's say, UN map, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever. I mean, that, you know, there's even in US, there's so much space, you know, so at least to me, so much. I mean, I mean, what you say, of course, kind of makes sense in terms of like, why not just move away if it's really not a hospitable environment, either with humans, especially, I guess, in uh, comparison to animals, it seems we are really like kind of needy and dependent and kind of need to build structure <laughs> up and so on. Yeah. So I can understand why we maybe then have this penchant also to say like, okay, it's not so nice. We're just gonna somehow make it happen. We could still live there, no matter how much tech or something we would need. So what I just want to say is that even if we would then agree and say for whatever reason, we would like less population, I'm sure, or I proclaim, I declare, we're on the level <laughs> that this can be a conscious process yes, and that we yes. wouldn't need to have some, you know, like strange, you know, all kinds of harming things, you know, from food, whatever you want to choose, 
we could also just come together and be like, okay, what do we want? So and so on. And then these things would very naturally balance. And at least in my book, the whole idea of overpopulation and scarcity is a complete hoax, basically, uh, which doesn't mean that we would need to, uh, or in any case, we should organize many things much more efficiently. But especially given a certain level of awareness and uh, circumspection, I, I really don't think we need to trick people, you know, into sterilization or something like that, which apparently, you know, in many different ways, even just with all the drugs in the water, uh, it seems to be happening. And I'd rather have that be a conscious process or a conscious deliberation than, I, yeah, uh, yeah, you get what you I, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. And I think the fact that so many more of us are having this type of conversation is how it gets into the consciousness. It's how we do start to question things by bringing up maybe what some people would label as crazy theories, but we at least bring up the theory and we have the conversation. And that's another thing our higher selves constantly say is it's all about bringing it into the awareness. It's not necessarily about fixing it immediately. It's about bringing it into the awareness because that's where the energy starts to shift. So by us just having this discussion about the different sides of Bill Gates, we brought into awareness that it might be more gray and that while some people may claim that it's trickery. Others might claim that, you know, it's it's trying to use whatever tools available. But either way, now it's in the consciousness. Now we're talking about it. Now we can decide what we as a collective and as individuals, the type of world that we want to live in. So that kind of brings up okay, a very special type of gray. Um, I would say if you guys agree, we're about to do a bit of a music break, I guess also for you guys. Oh, for the record, our second guest, I, I misscheduled somehow, so hes we've only got this show, so we don't have to make this the quote halfway mark. But yeah, we could do a music break if you guys want. Sure. sure. Music break's awesome. We'll dance. All right. So, yeah. I picked a talking head song, unless you're playing one yourself. Um, oh, okay. It seemed, uh, I don't know, I was like, Haley, what kind of music are they into? I have no clue. Um, but this kind of lines up with just a lot of the things we're talking about in the high weirdness of sovereignty situationalism and uh kind of life as we know it and we are back for edition 144 so that song has a very uh i mean the hermit card is virgo right and there's this kind of neurotic quality to the lyrics but also <laughs> in the um kind of description i was saying at the beginning is the alien so it's kind of this like almost disassociative alienness to humanity or you know in the sense where it's like what is going on here and we kind of have to kind of ground into the um the unity of it all ultimately right so it's like it's all good and it's all happening same as it ever was it's all this is present now churning constantly but we and get so caught up in, for reference, Jim, in terms yeah. of sync i'm pretty sure that the last time you drew the alien card we interviewed simon who's channeling the yael so just in terms of syncs but of course <laughs> so i i mean there's a few places we can go with this um is there anything pressing on y'all's minds that you want to discuss because i can lean it i want to talk about the bubble i want to talk about you know i don't know how much you guys are still using that i feel like i had read somewhere that you guys posted that you weren't or weren't doing it so much but i'm not exactly sure um so maybe you can clarify that a little and just some of uh what you guys have been up to and obviously um just the and when you said kevin bacon it made me think of uh because i started thinking of your um puru or whatever and, <laughs> and kevin bacon in river wild um, it's very much the Stockholm syndrome kind of thing where it's like, Gail, we're going down the rapids. We've got to do this shit. Uh, it's like he, I mean, she has a great time and they survive or whatever, but like he, anyway, go watch the River Wild Kids if you haven't seen it. It's pretty ratchet. Um, good, uh, 
Meryl Streep film, um, for the record. Um, but, uh, so the degrees of separation, so I wouldn't, okay. So Haley, my fiance, whom you guys know, was watching y'all's YouTube channel and she was off of Facebook for five years, like not in the Zuckerberg cult and, um, <laughs> basically decided to rejoin, uh, make a page or whatever. And, uh, or a profile rather. And, um, to add, you know, to follow you guys on there. Basically, it's you guru kind of tribe and what was going on there. And then through that, she met Ginger, uh, and Ginger turned her on to me. And then it just turned in, you know, after not, Aww. this is very quick, right? So yeah, it's funny. Um, and thank you for that reading, by the way, because I don't, that was the first psychic reading I've ever done. I, it's not really my shtick, and I'm not against it. And I think people should check this stuff out because it's fascinating. And well, my theory was this because Haley had told me, um, about, Kind of, she had shared a little about a reading that, um, with the whole 717 in a car crash and her niece and Atlantis and all sorts of weird stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is fascinating. And if it's not true, it's entertaining. And if it is true, <laughs> this is highly valuable info, right? Intel. So, and then she was like, they're doing a deal. Like, go. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I, I can afford that. <laughs> so once I hit you all up, like the first time it was more or less just like, uh, almost like a Facebook poke. I was just kind of like, being like, what's this all about? Um, and it was resonant to the degree that I was like, y'all are legit. And then once I started hitting the turbulence of why am I having essentially Kundalini activations talking to this British girl while I'm consciously coupled with this Australian girl, um, which was confusing to me at many levels, uh, that's when I hit you guys up for the second time and that clarified and essentially nudged me. I mean, I have free will ultimately, but that definitely nudged me in a direction. Um, so I do appreciate that. And, uh, yeah. I, oh, so, um, what did you guys, did you guys have anything pressing in your mind? Do you want to kind of fill in people what the, um, quantum bubble is, uh, how you use it, what the training was like, what your impression of that is? Cause in hearing it, I mean, it's, it's fascinating from a psychological perspective of an outside observer. This is my Gemini, double Gemini talking now. It's like, it's an interesting kind of modality. It's not typical, yeah, this yeah. Is, you know? Um, so kind of, uh, is that a good enough place to start? Do you guys want to talk about sure. uh, the bubble? Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Always love to talk about the bubble. Yeah, so I think going and back Am I to right the... or wrong that you guys still use it or no? Or am I tripping on that? No, we, we do still use it. We, um, we're changing how we use it and some of the vernacular around what we do. Um, because we've, we spent the past year, year and a half, almost two years, I guess, really trying to see how this, how this fits with us, like our personality. So... Um, we can talk a little bit about that evolution, but so, do so, it. Yeah. yeah. So the training that we did right, bef right before we moved was called beyond quantum healing. And it is from a woman named Candace crawl Goldman. She has a training on her website. So you can search quantum healers or her name and find it. Which is amazing. It's an awesome training. It's an amazing training. And it is based off of Dolores Cannon's work, which is basically regression therapy. So Dolores Whom I've was, heard because you guys suggested it with the Jesus and the Essenes thing. So that's how yeah, I know Dolores. Okay. Yeah. She, uh, she has a ton of awesome books. And she kind of, um, she was one of the first people to talk about like the volunteers coming to earth to help with the ascension process. She has a book called you know, the one, three four, waves. Four. Yeah. Speaking of one, four, four, <laughs> um, she has the, a book called the three waves of volunteers. Well, she was doing just this regression work and then people were kind of jumping, going back in this regression therapy and jumping and talking about, this experience of as a soul choosing to come here to help out. So she's really the one that kind of started that discussion really. And so Candace 
took what Dolores had done, which is pretty traditional regression therapy, which is a lot of counting backwards, very strict in the methodology, and kind of broke free of that a little bit and made her own baby called Beyond Quantum Healing, which is beyond, meaning past what had been going on before, making it um, more open-ended so that people could add their Reiki or any of the other modalities that they had done. You could do it online. You could have to be in person. Right. So we took that training and we are like, this put... And then what we did was we practiced with our friends. So we would put them into what we are now calling the bubble, which because at one point we... Which we reminds were, me of Michael Crichton's sphere somehow. I'm like, what oh, are you guys are doing? Yeah, it's we just asked to be shown what the field looks like when you go in. And I, I think probably when people channel, they create something similar. But it looks like a honeycomb-shaped kind of bubble that goes around that kind of keeps the field clear so that you're connected into because we're also because of our dun, dun, dun experience very particular about who and what we will talk to and people are like oh i want to talk to my guides do you really want to talk to your guides are you sure because that's like asking your grandma for to tell you what to do with your life so um we get really specific on who we're talking to and we usually ask for the person's higher selves um and then themselves as an ascended master from the future so that we're more in line with that particular person's like energy stream or whatever. So we call it just going into the bubble. And now we, we do it for those kinds of questions. Um, like the write-in questions like you did, Jim. And we, we also have added a slingshot. We call it a slingshot activation where we, um, we spend a lot longer time period and go through a bunch of different, actually, we actually have the person give us their problem. And then we, ask a million questions trying to get down to what it is they actually need to be doing in their day-to-day life to help them with that problem or help them clear that up. Yeah. It kind of blends some of the shamanic apprentice stuff that we did with, with our shamans, Jim and Jill. But when we traditionally, if you get a QHHT or a BQH session, um, it's with a facilitator. You go in yourself. Yeah. And you as a client go into the bubble and maybe in this regress state for, you know, a couple hours, up to four hours. Some of these sessions are really long and they can cost a lot. And people put a lot of pressure on themselves. So what yes. we found was we were doing this with our friends and family. They don't meditate. They're not spiritual. They don't know anything. And they were having these really profound experiences. Talking to their higher selves. Learning all this stuff, yeah. basically finding out that they're putting way too much importance on stupid shit, like we usually do, but having crazy experiences, crying. My, what My sister was kind of like, almost convulsing and shaking and releasing all this energy. And then we started doing it with people who had heard of it and knew about it and were interested in Dolores Cannon. And they were just completely shutting themselves down and blocking themselves and struggling to have an experience. And Katie and I have no patience. You probably could see that in our charts. Neither <laughs> one of us have any patience. Yeah. Leo moon shit. You guys are like, yeah. guys, let's go. Exactly. And so we were like, I, I cannot sit and facilitate for four hours, this for four hours of somebody who is clearly having these brief connections with a higher self. And then the moment they have it, they freak themselves out and they say, I need to go deeper. And like, I can't, I can't fight the fight on their behalf. So early on, Laura was doing a session with uh, a friend of hers and she admittedly was scared of connecting. Like she even said, like, I'm afraid to connect to my higher self. I'm afraid to let go. I don't know that I can let go. So you know, I, we were at my house and I was upstairs and Laura yells up, Candy, come down here. You want to be a surrogate? And I was like, this is part of the training that Candace it's a trip does. I'm like, like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, sure, I'll give it a go. Who knows? And it worked so well. It was insane. And I think because we had that experience so early on, 
Laura and I were like, okay, wait a minute. It is possible for us to go into the bubble, to regress our logical minds, to connect with someone else's consciousness, get answers to the questions that they have. Like we can help facilitate them getting information quicker, easier, with less pressure on themselves. It doesn't need to cost as much because it's not as time intensive. Sounds like a quantum conduit in that sense. Exactly. Because ultimately we're like, look, we want to remove as many barriers as possible for people to just get through their shit and to, to have the information they need so that they can get to the other side, but they are in control of it. Right. And so I think the difference I have loved going to psychic readings. I've been going since like 2010. I love getting psychic readings, but when you think of a psychic reading, normally you're thinking about a prediction, you know, tell me about my future boyfriend, that kind of stuff. What we prefer, it's not that we don't get those types of questions, but what we really prefer is for people to get clarity on why they're stuck. So like we just did a session today, the person was asking about why they're not making money as at their business. Why? I forget all of the questions they asked, but they all came back to the exact same little thing that they needed to clear that was related to an inner child issue. They were completely different. This happens all the time, by the way, completely different, seeming seemingly different questions on different topics where the person feels kind of stuck and it's all coming back to the same piece that they need to work on. Which ultimately the fact that they, they give us the questions that are always tied back to the same thing is also a clue that on some level they know that these things are interrelated. They just can't can't see it. And when you're in it, that's what counsels for, you know, getting perspective and all that. Right. And when you're in it, you can't see a lot more difficult right. yeah. when you're boiling in the pot as the frog or whatever. Exactly. So, so that's why we've now started calling it, you know, the bubble, like going into the bubble um, is because that that's, it, it's creating the space for that exchange to occur. It's, it's a sacred safe space where a communication with your higher self or when Laura and I go in in general, sometimes when we do the live bubble Q and A's, it's, it's just co- connecting to the consciousness grid and pulling down the information that's most relevant for the consciousness that will hear the video. Um, and, you know, trying to get the most relevant information for those people. And yeah, I mean, it's a ton of fun. And the information that comes back has been incredible. And Jim, getting feedback from people like you and Haley and Ginger and everyone else that we've worked with, that's been huge for us. So we can't thank all of you enough because we don't really know, I mean, if it's working, we just, we trust that, we're bringing the right energy to it that we're using not only the BQH training that we've done, but all the other training and experiences that we've, we've had. And we're just trusting that whatever we're doing is helping people. And we only want the highest and the best for everyone that we work with. So, you know, we just do these crazy recordings. You ask these questions, we get these answers and, you know, we just kind of toss it back to you. And we're like, hope this helps. Every time we're like, hope this helps. And then sometimes we get feedback from y'all and it's, incredible so thank you when you give us feedback we really appreciate it and beyond, yeah and beyond that we think that everyone has this capability totally if we can do it anybody yeah. can do it it's a lot is of there practice. a phenomenological difference between going in tandem versus uh, okay so like how would you break this down do you think there's a lot of training necessary is this the next level of human evolution and we just have a reawakening to maybe a proclivity <laughs> we used just, to have by the way or, this yes. technique oh. is being used in psychology as well in like you know systemic family constructions, however they call it, they're using yeah. just precisely that. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, again, referencing the nine waves, they talk about in that book about the fact that all of our third eyes are on. We are just locked into a geometry that makes us think it's closed. 
And so what this training has allowed Laura and I to experience is, is what it's like for our third eyes to, to be on and what that connection feels like. And that wasn't something that I was tuned into prior to this tra- these trainings and prior to practice. Right. And practice is so key. Practice is so key and getting confirmation. Cause I can remember doing a Reiki, doing Reiki on a friend of ours one time. And I, this was years ago. I said, I'm just seeing you in your basement. I'm assuming you have one and you can go, you go over to these little stairs. You walk up like two or three stairs or a ladder, you get a box and you throw the box away. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea what this is. She's like, oh yeah, that's my ex-husband's stuff. It's definitely up three stairs down there in my really dank basement. <laughs> So it's that kind of stuff when you have the experience that, oh, I got that. It's so clear. You have the practice, the confidence, and then you keep yeah. going with it. So we just launched a, we call it. Well, Laura, you do have your Mars in ninth house Pisces. So it's like vision states like that. It's not terribly surprising. I'm looking yeah. at those charts now. But it's like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it's like, okay. No. Yeah. Cause it seems like with the feedback the, um, you're getting, cause I'm pretty sure for my call or my write-ins or whatever, I'm pretty sure. Laura was in the bubble and Candy was reciting the questions. Um, and and I've heard some other people, because I've uh, suggested like Elizabeth Bobo, she's come to y'all mm-hmm. and some other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's always funny because it sounds like you're having fun and you're just as amused. Like it doesn't sound authoritative <laughs> like your Puru. You know what no. I mean? It's like, I have seen and you must do. It's more like, yo, this is odd. Why is this? Okay, well, they're telling me this now and all this kind of, you know, it's like it's it's loose, but it's helpful i mean that's the best way i could put it it's it's not too serious which i appreciate but at the same time it's like has gravitas i don't even know what i'm trying to say yeah. uh no, thank to you. interrupt you yeah we no, we i totally get what you're saying because it's um we are amazed every time i mean i'm amazed every time i go in the bubble and every time i get information and part of it practice really is figuring out how the information is communicated to you because how laura gets information is very different than how i get information but then sometimes it's the same yeah Sometimes it's an image. Sometimes it's just sometimes we, it's the, a knowing. the quantum part of it. The reason I think they all started using the quantum because Dolores Cannon is quantum healing hypnosis technique is because you don't always see a picture or hear a word. It's just a download of a concept. And then you have to translate it into English, which, you know, Raphael from trying to learn another language, it's not easy to translate from one human language to another, it's not easy, but from a quantum concept and trying to get that out into words. I actually did a session for a friend of mine who was from Brazil. So English was her third language because Spanish was her second. And she didn't say a word for an hour, the whole session. She didn't never, she She never never said anything. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to assume something's happening. So I kept asking her questions to her. And at the end, she told me all the stuff she saw, but it just, the brain couldn't, she couldn't translate it back into English to tell me about it. So she just didn't say anything. So I don't know where I was going with this, but I did want to say we started, um, we decided that we would create a training to help people start to learn how to do this. And it's our higher self boot camp, And it's open. I was right going to say, yeah, yeah. Boot camp. I was going to yeah. mention yeah. it. I saw, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You do your research. Capricorn chill. I hear it. You're like, there's coupons in the newspaper guys. Like fucking quickly. It's like, oh, I got you. Um, yeah, and it's reasonably priced too. I just didn't, I, there's videos on YouTube and Facebook entailing kind of what it, uh, gets into. And, um, I think Haley, as well as Ginger are in your 
club. I forget what it's called, but like the, the uh, Guru, League. Guru League. There you go. Sorry, my bad. Um, <laughs> it, well, shit, it could be better if I knew the fucking name, right? But uh, <laughs> so it could always be better. Um, so, but there, yeah, they'll just shoot questions. I think it's really interesting what you guys are doing because on the one hand, it's facilitating in a real way, but at the same time, it's showing people that magic is real. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you think of it as magic, but like, yeah, there's yeah, not much 100%. difference between science and magic in that sense. Just our awareness of the, you know, mechanics or whatever. It becomes science when you can explain it. Up until but is that, that point, true? It's magic. Yeah, science is only, or magic is just science we can't explain. Yeah, something, yes. like, something like Arthur that. Arthur C. Clarke, dig yes, it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's incredible and it's amazing. And I mean, every anyone could do the training that Candace Carl Golden offers, but it's really geared towards if you want to become a practitioner. And so what. The Higher Self Bootcamp is geared towards our individuals who want to establish that connection with their higher self and they want to start getting their own answers. Because as much as we love doing sessions for people, which we do love, it's it's a ton of fun. We also don't want to become the authority or the like people that you have nanny. to come to. Right. Exactly. Like if we can teach you how to do this yourself, all the better. Because if we were all connected to our higher selves on a more regular basis with that love and compassion and gratitude and appreciation and higher perspective, again, we would be... You would be running around planet. your house shouting, I'm sovereign. I know. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's what we're just trying to do is, you know, take our experiences and, and let other people realize that they have this talent too. It's, it's not unique to us. We've just practiced. Michael Jordan was not born shooting a basketball in, at, from the three-point line like he had to practice and he had to grow into it and he had to learn and so that's he didn't have a soul contract i'm kidding i mean he uh, might have a soul contract but he still had to practice like you're going to be a baller <laughs> um, it's funny because it's the same thing i give astrology and tarot readings and i try to equip people with the astrology stuff where it's like look this is gonna be like two or three hours but you're never gonna necessarily have to hit up another astrologer again like, I want to equip you, because I'm yeah. a double Gemini, uh, it's like, yo, let's cram the fucking notes for the quiz in the back of the bus. <laughs> like, real quick, here's what you skipped while you were sick, or whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's not that hard. Um, some people have more proclivities to it, but I do think it's somewhat of an open source system to the degree that if your intention is there, you can make anything happen. I mean, that's the whole belief systems thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um so what are some of the kind of like more ratchet things you guys have experienced? Because some of the stuff that I heard about, I mean, and I appreciate it. And it was not like uh, anticlimactic or whatever. But when you, I was like, yo, how do I get in touch with my higher self? Like, you know, fuck the guides kind of thing. Let's go straight up. You're like, just go in your shower. And I'm like, really? Like, this is like eat a ton <laughs> strip and meditate or? It's so, it is so anticlimactic so many times. We're like, what? This has to be really cool. Oh, no, it's really so It doesn't actually. involve Sedona and aliens. Like, it's yeah. just a matter of going into the and when okay. I, sometimes i get sassy and you know they do that like oh you humans you make everything so much harder than it needs to be i mean we've had some cool experiences like i'm just thinking about the the woman who wrote in she was having problems with her jeep and she wanted to know in advance what was wrong with her jeep before she took it to the mechanic and so i happened to be in the bubble and i was somehow i know nothing about cars other than you know they go and they stop um but i was able to like i just saw this energy running i was like well it goes in and so i described to her where it went i was like i believe it goes along your drive shaft drive shaft but it's not your drive shaft it's going to be like over to the left behind it and i like gave her this area i mean i didn't know the right words to use and she messaged us i don't know like a month later and said that that was the exact area where there was something broke in the jeep and NASCAR like, pit crews could take a note. <laughs> yeah, that's right. crazy. So it's weird stuff like that that is just so crazy. 
but we just get a kick out of it. Yeah, and I think, so it's interesting because I would have had the belief structure prior to reading that book by Kalaman about the quantum, about the psychedelics, that you had to clear a lot of your inner shit to be a clear channel to be able to pull this information down. And I do still think that it's easier because you don't let your own stuff get in the way. In don't fact, often way. Candy and I will, will have a, someone ask a question and be like, and I can feel my belief about that sitting in one location and then mm-hmm. the energy and the information coming down from higher than that. And you're like, well, I, yeah, fuck yeah, Google's evil. And then they're over here going, okay, now, and then they're explaining this really complicated thing about what that re- structure really is. And we can feel our own brains going like, holy shit, what? <laughs> yeah. So, so there is, it's, it's learning to step away from your own, like humanness, your human self, your ego self. Yeah. And so whatever work that is for people could be helpful to, to, to do that processing to kind of clear so you don't get in your own way. And I, um, and then that book though was saying, you know, it's just, you're just not like, you can't access this because you, you haven't tried. Yeah, you get locked into a belief structure or condition, yeah. Like, you know, geometric energy, and you're blocking yourself essentially, right? For whatever reason from for act from accessing yeah. information. So, the, the training is a lot about just taking a chill pill, and a lot about our experiences. Because we did a video on YouTube not too long ago about like the third eye. And I think as your, I don't know what it was called, but is my third eye on? Is my third eye on? Yeah. So, and we were basically, you know, you hear people talk about it. Like Riona and Alexander talk about this being standing in their house and you're like, wait, okay, wait, are you like seeing that? Is it, is it like right there? Like you walk over and you could touch it or like is, a, it, is it standing next to Are you? your eyes open or closed? You know, I have a hundred questions. So we just kind of went through our experiences and how we experience the information and how subtle it is. That there's no one right way and it changes every time yeah and like depending on even the person that's getting asking their questions it could be a different some people are a lot easier to connect to than others yeah some people's energy lingers you know some people i don't know if they have really strong um sensations in their body but sometimes when i'm in the bubble rather than getting seeing information like i usually do kind of like watching a video i'll get sensations in my body and they'll be significant to where i can't ignore them and i have to bring them up so Oh, yeah, it's, it's a little different every time. And we're luckily we just allow ourselves to be open to whatever presents itself rather than it sounds like psychedelics. It's like it's not yeah. quite the same. Right. You never know yeah. what is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's probably good. Good training. Uh, I don't know. I'm at a point where uh, ever since I started talking to Haley, I don't know if it's I don't want to get too woo. It's like it feels like I've gotten on a roller coaster that's not for kids anymore. And I'm like, oh, shit, like I've grown weed. I've smoked most of my life kind of thing, like heavily. And I can't really smoke weed right now. Like I have bad trip like on cannabis and just weird stuff. And that's hard for my ego. But at some level, I'm like, well, I'm not in daycare anymore. Like, I don't know. It's served its function at a level. Um, There's more mission to do, so to speak. Uh, as fun as playing, you know, sitting around and redditing on weed is or whatever. Uh, <laughs> there's more to do, right? And that's kind of right. where Team Rabbit Hole came from. So I'm not like a bitter against it. I do think people should dabble with psychedelics. I know Raphael and I are more pro than not. Um, but responsibility, kind of not just doing things because culture says so, even if it's, in, you know, counterculture. Um, right, right. It's it's a funny time to be alive. So uh, something that came to mind because I don't think of myself as psychic particularly, but I do think everybody's psychic. So it's like what you're saying. It's like everybody kind of 
refracts the light differently, kind of like Darks of the Moon's prism or whatever, um, and different bandwidths kind of do different things. But what you were kind of saying with like trying things out, the image of um, Indiana Jones in the uh, Ark of the Covenant where he has to like stick that pole in and find the light to find the map for the, like there it is. And then um, <laughs> that kind of reminded me a little of, it's like, you're not going to know until you start fiddling around on that map. Like, yep. if you just went, like, well, shit, it just, you know, nothing's happening. It's like he had to fiddle a little. And it's like, you know, and be patient, yeah, right? So it's like we we have to give ourselves permission, in a Bashar sense, permission to try these things. Um, typically, our ego in a kind of cloud atlas, old Georgie sense, tends to tell us that it'll hurt us or it's evil or all sorts of things. And as your early story about the Puru denotes, like, things out there, whether they're ultimately for your good or not, that's a different kind of thing. But um, – you know, all that glitters is not necessarily gold and maybe some, you know, routes are, you know, way more potholed routes than not or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it's all good. So I'm kind of rambling, but the point is like searching things out, searching with your intuition, it's like feel the force. It's like, you got to search it out with your feelings and, and be true to yourself with Rupert yesterday, Sheldrake, we were talking about like trusting your experience. I mean, that's one of the problems with religion and I'm still pr- pretty like, into Judeo Christianity, I mean, it, I can't unshake that shit. I don't know why. It just seems part of who I've, you know, been in this fractal or whatever. But um, where we're our own authority at some level, and we shouldn't be disempowering ourselves, even if it seems cool or flashy or whatever. Like when I mean, it's everybody's selling something right in that sense. So it's like, we've got to be like very uh, aware of what our values are and what we would prefer to have in our lives. And also simultaneously understand that our values might shift and there's lessons in certain kind of experiences that we might not get otherwise. So kind of like maybe being in the belly of a fucking whale sucks, but like, guess what? Now you're not going to run from Nunavut Jonah or whatever. (laughs) It's like, you know, like there's lessons that we sign up for. Um, Rafa, you've been awfully quiet. Do you have any like kind of questions or anything? Well, no questions in particular, no. Because he channels, so I know he does a little different um, than maybe y'all. Did like, have you heard much about this quantum kind of approach with the bubble type deal? Well, no. To me, honestly, it's just all like different modalities. Just like uh, you have already outlined, everyone has access to their own higher self, and I just agree generally that with anyone. I mean, also in my you know perfect world anyone having these abilities actually the first uh, task ideally is to allow everyone else to recognize they have at least you know the same degree of psychicness maybe not everyone will do will ultimately or something we'll see kind of you know how the dice fall and so on and who chooses what but uh, you know to really give responsibility back you know just like you explained through your journey i think that's the the prime idea and then how you exactly label it what process you use as bashar would say it's all just permission slips you know anything yeah. goes if the information is good or if people are happy or have fun or whatever you know it's obviously positive and that's all the discernment required and in terms of uh, specifics yeah like i said anything goes you know if it, if it works for you it works and that's perfect yeah, yeah. so um Laura and I, I don't know, Jim, if you, or Raphael, if you guys have ever heard of cardology at all, um, or the, is that like the six of spades and all that jazz? Yeah. 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 So Laura and I are both sixes. Laura's a six of clubs and I'm a six of diamonds. And, um, as sixes, we tend to be, um, skeptical a little bit, or we can see both sides of things. So we're always looking for not only what we believe in, but then also open to, 
well, I might believe in this, but somebody else could believe that and someone else could believe that. So it's a little bit of that Libra, I think. Yeah, probably that Libra energy. And so it, I know for us, it's been really helpful because it, I think it made us question things enough, but also be interested enough to give a lot of things a try, but to also be skeptical enough to be like, well, I want to, I want to experience this for myself. Like I really, I want to, I want to see what this feels like. I want to have this experience myself. Um, and then from there, because we are sixes, it makes us natural interpreters and teachers. And so I think it's lined up really nicely with being able then to teach people through our experience how to do things, but also leaving it open enough that they can have their own experience within the training, if that makes sense. You don't have to have, you don't have to experience a higher self the same way I experience a higher self, but like, let's talk about some different ways that you could experience it to open your mind enough to the experience. And I just sounded like I was stoned when I made that. No, you're cool. You're cool. Uh, and that's not going to offend either of us. Clearly. I, I don't smoke presently, but it's like, hey, it's Bart Simpson in the treehouse of the bong. It's all good. Uh, I just looked up Raphael's. He's a jack of hearts, and I'm a king of clubs. And I'm pretty sure Haley's a queen or a jack of clubs. But I forget because we had looked at this before. Um, what's the whole – What system is this, just briefly? Yeah, I was going to get into that. Like, what's your awareness of the system? How, what like, is all this? That? Cardology? Um, it's, they call it cardology, and it is like playing the, cards, Raphael. Yeah, the playing cards. It's the astrology and numerology of the playing card system. So, the idea is that every birthday has a card, and it's not related to the year. So, everybody with a March thirtieth birthday, all of them have a six of clubs. Um, and so, it has the similar aspects to astrology, where it describes your personality. There are, it's pretty easy to go into relationships and how the cards relate to each other and how that, that energy affects a relationship of two people. And then there's a book that goes into actually a map for every year of your life, actually every 52 day period of your life. So you can go in and look at what the energetic influences are of the cards for each card for each year of your life. And I was going to say the king of clubs, my sisters are king of clubs. They're gang gang. Bang, yeah, they make really good friends. They're super smart. Um, they're mastering knowledge. So that would be like a king is mastering and the club is knowledge. The Jack of Hearts is actually the Jesus card. So <laughs> good job, <Rafael>. yeah. <laughs> the Jack is an interesting card. Um, the United States is the Jack of Diamonds. And Candy and I, well, we need to talk about Hamilton. Hello. Oh, okay. And we will. What's really interesting is Lynn Manuel Miranda's card is also the Jack of Diamonds. So he does. So he's channeling America pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. So the Jack, um, they're youthful and they, they can be shady. Like they're one of the cards that can be, that can tend towards shadiness easily. That chameleon energy is so natural. And then the young kind of Jack energy, but then, but at the same time, they can be really high, like high energy, high frequency. Um, I always think of Oprah. I don't know. I mean, people think she's like a pedophile or whatever, but like the Jack of clubs, she's the Jack of clubs. So they can be kind of that really kind of high energy, high, like, you get a card. Do you know perchance the correspondence of those to the tarot, like which card that would represent? Um, there, it might have a book somewhere that does that, but I don't know off the top of my head yeah. if, if they, cause there's, well, there's 52 cards and how many tarot cards are there? Like 78. 78. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but that would be minus 22 for the major arcana. So then it would be like 50, whatever, six. We're getting closer. Yeah. So I'm not sure if the books have the tarot correlation, but, um, 
They do. So the, each card has a, a frequency, like Candy was talking about the sixes. So each number has kind of like a set of adjectives that go with it. And then each suit has a set of things that it represents. The suits actually do line up more with, um, I know that the suits can line up with the, the, I just don't know what they are with the tarot card, the four, what do you call it? The four, like the wands and the, well, that's where and, they come from originally, right? So tarot, right. I guess it's a weird way precedes the playing cards. So like right. diamonds would, Oh god, I'm gonna sound like an idiot. Diamonds, I, I guess. Just, you, just, I just pulled it up. Oh, it. Yes, it. Help us, Obi Wan. Yeah. It, it's Jesus. true because this is one of the issues. Like I've been, you know, dealing with normal cards since I'm like three, and with tarot cards since I'm like eighteen or whatever. And uh, I was again and again thinking about it, and was like, why does no one make a proper overview for this? So this may be one. This is from tarotcardmeaning.net. So it says ones or clubs. So so ones are uh, ace of ones, ace of clubs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then uh, pentacles are the diamonds. Then cups are the hearts, mm -hmm. and uh, swords are the spades. Mm -hmm. Okay, that sounds there right. we go. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. So so, so Rafa, you are like a shifty Jesus type. I mean, in the best sense possible. <laughs> Uh, you're Jacks loving, but right. oh no, he's uh, the, he's yeah. and he's got. I don't, are you guys into jinkies at all by any chance? No. Oh, no. you guys gotta not take yet. that plunge hey, down yet. that rabbit hole. It's not we're gonna yet. have uh, Richard Rudd on the podcast. Uh, Raphael, by the way, he said he'd come on. I uh, haven't told him me. officially. Yeah, here you go. Um, but uh, yeah, that shit fucks with my so, head. So the one thing I want to say that's really really interesting, I always found from the beginning was so there's all these layers to this, and your card has a hand that goes with it. So there is a Mercury card in your hand. There's a Jupiter card in your hand. There's a Saturn card in your hand. Kind of a the hand you were dealt stroke. with. Yeah, the hand you were dealt. Mm -hmm. It's real. Not an accident. Mel Gibson Maverick, <laughs> scoot over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely books. Um, Cardology, the Cards of Destiny is the other name they, they use when you're Googling it. But we have our friend's website is it is kismet.com. Okay, so that is correlated because I think I, in my mind I felt, felt that, that those were related, but now you're clarifying. Yes, they are yeah, related. Yeah, this, this was a, a business that we originally started in, what was it, 2014? Yeah. Um, and then Laura and I got out of it, but Paula's still running it, and it's amazing. And her talent is just, it's out of this world if you ever want a cardiology reading. She's, oh, we'll have to get her on okay. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, it, I mean, on y'all's uh, like about us section, like those are the first things you lead with. It's not like so much like I'm a coffee addict or whatever that comes later, <laughs> right? But it's more like I'm a six of this. So th this had a this system had a big impact on y'all's kind of ontological perspective. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever read anything about myself that hit quite so spot on as when I read the Six of Diamonds because I'm a Six of Diamonds. I'm like, oh my god, that is me to a T. Mm -hmm. And we we look everybody up that we yeah. talk to. We always are looking at the relationship chart to see how the energies because the energetic, like I think for at least in my opinion, it's a little bit especially with the books that are out there. It's a little bit easier place to start than um, especially with the relationships. Jargon. Yeah, with yeah. then astrology, like to do a relationship reading for an ast astrology. I mean, you can do like Aries Sun and like. Capricorn sign and find that and that that is helpful but the book just has everything in it you just like, like a just a reference guide and you just yeah. look it up and then it gives you your energetic matches or like kind of so candy had a marriage it was a karma card marriage karma yeah. cards 
It's a lot. When you get into a relationship romantically with a karma card, it is a lot. It's getting on a high-speed train that you cannot get off until it wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> that, right. that brick wall. Yeah. Right. So we are always looking at what's the what's the energetic connection that you have because you, you can't avoid it. The guy that the most famous person that has written the book says, try not being your card. Probably similar to astrology. is like, try not being an airy sun. Just try it. You know, it's it's almost impossible. Well, in some way, that is a challenge because Haley's always giving me shit. Um, not that we're bound by our charts because uh, right. it's so tricky because on the one – I mean, it's like, yes, I'm a man from America who's 35. Like, I can identify with things, and the deeper I identify with them, the more synchronistic, fractal kind of mm-hmm. investigation I'll resonate with, if that makes sense. Um, and this kind of gets into Buddhism where it's like, hold on, loosely type shit, right? So it's like, yes, you're this, but don't, like, go too hard in the paint on it because otherwise – well, like, for example, being a Gemini is cool, but it's like I'll always be a trickster child if I permit myself to be so. I've yeah. kind of got to look at the other side. You know, we're, we're the whole Zodiac. We're the whole deck of cards in that sense. So right, it's like, right. what are you avoiding? Yes, you're going to have um, – even when you guys read the uh, Starseed Origin stuff for me, it's like – because I'm not sure. Maybe you can clarify this. Um, I guess in some way it's like um, – you know those like little um, – they're small, but I've seen one at Epcot and Disney World that was the size of like for human bodies. But like they're pin boards, and you put your hand on it, and you shove up, and then there's like this imprint, uh, oh, like yeah. a like a relief essentially of pins of what whatever you put on there, object wise, scissors or whatever. And it was like, oh look, it's Pinhead, but in the version of that. Um, I think it's a little like that, where there's going to be statistical like raised points where that's like the focal point or like an energy thing. So it's like serious or Arcturus or whatever the fuck you guys said for me, uh, which are those, I'm not being facetious, but for anybody, like there's things that are popping hard and they resonate more in a certain way, but like we are the whole thing simultaneously. So, um, you know, all the pins are available. Some are just more stressed than others, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, I think with the, the cards, the, the kind of the theory behind it is that you, your like soul choose this personality overlay and this date to be born on to have these hands to have this hand of cards that you that you dealt yourself essentially. I just see someone doing a high dive like from another right, dimension. Right. It's like here yeah. it is. All right, five, this is the date. Four, Jump in. Three. <laughs> yeah, and I talked to another woman who has been studying the cards for probably twenty or thirty years and does readings, and she said she went back and like mapped out all the significant things that happened to her in her life and then compared them with the cards. And she's like, I don't know if we have free will. I'm just not sure about it. Well, I think it lined up perfectly. Uh, maybe Raphael knows. Uh, I think I remember hearing Bashar at some point who, I mean, I'm not going to take and drink all the cool lady says, but everything that Daryl Anka's channel that I've turned on through Raphael seems legit enough that it excites me and makes my Gemini brain kind of open up a little more than close, which is always good. Um, but something to the effect of, and it's funny because I, even in high school, I'd facetiously say stuff, uh, like, oh, we're, you know, we've already done it. It's already happened. We just have to live through it. Like in the matrix, right. like you already did this shit. You just have to figure out why you did this. Like the, that's the why, right? So Raphael, do you know what I'm talking about? Where he was like, it's a projection of a hologram from another dimensionality. And we're just kind of living well, the movie. I mean, also that that's the whole, uh, the holodeck analogy or the film strip analogy. But what you're getting at in terms of free will, maybe the idea that at least as he's explaining it to me, it makes lots of sense, saying that you kind of set yourself up in terms of certain themes and so on, in a sense that you will go down a certain hallway. And that is, in a sense, set in stone, at least until you've reached, you know, the end of the tunnel, in a sense, or what you decided as a theme. And uh, however, how you walk down that hallway, laughing, crying, dancing, crawling, or whatever is entirely up to you. And uh, then 
as I would explain it now, once you've reached, you know, like our threshold. attitude is our choice, basically, but the circumstances exactly. might be a little more organized for, you know, well, you're on the water slide, enjoy, but you can cry if you want. What is it yeah, for? The, the masters kind of, yeah. prefer what occurs, right? Yeah, that concept. So, also, of course, Alexander including that, Hamilton uh, was going what? to have duels in his life with his son, Philip, and all that shit. I'm digress. Keep going, Rafa. <laughs> Bullets no, also in including life, Alexander. The idea that uh, once you've arrived at the point, then uh, you can, of course, you know, choose a new hallway to walk down or whatever. So there's always the opportunity even to, in a sense, integrate and transcend these things, which I would call to be, let's say, program programmings of the automatic uh, collective mind or the individual uh, template reality in a sense. So, of course, once you've, you know, learned all of it, either you're just going to leave or you can, you know, reprogram everything. Right. Yes. Okay. Something I heard when you guys were channeling at one point, um, I mean, I don't know if you call it channeling, but going into the bubble, however you might term, term this, um, it seemed like that, not that you were avoiding certain aspects, but it's like certain aspects wouldn't unlock in a way. I don't remember how I heard this, maybe in a general thing or somebody else's reading or something, but they were like, look, we're not going to talk to your 12D whatever because we shouldn't right now. Um what are kind of the guidelines? Is it everybody's different or are there certain kind of guidelines that you use when going into that space? Uh, <laughs> first of all, most people don't get that language at all. Oh yeah. Like the 12 D. Thank God I've watched Rion and Alexander. For yeah. Years. And that, the reason that it comes through for you is because that is language you're familiar with. Like it's not going to come through for someone who's no fucking idea what that means yeah. because it just is going to be too confusing for them. Right. So we got that because we were at, we asked like how is this information coming like from where is where is it coming from like and, pachinko how is this shit coming down the pipe yeah <laughs> and so for me like when I'm in the bubble what we got and I think they said it is happening for Laura and I both is the information's going up and we have kind of a council that sits around I think it was was it twelve twelve around twelve where it's um like twelve I don't remember I think it was probably twelve and thirteen so and there's three though yeah so there was a middle that was above and then there was one on each side, light and night. And the information is going up, passing through them and then going out. And then information that's coming back is sitting with them as a council and they have to be unanimous on allowing the information to pass the rest of the way through that Laura or I, whoever is, is channeling it, that we're prepared to hear the information as well as whoever's going to be on the other end. So if it's the person getting the audio recording that they're by ourselves or they themselves are also prepared to hear it or if it's just going blanket out to you know our channel that whoever might stumble upon it's okay to hear and, and it's the not room unanimous, happens to quote <laughs> yes yeah yeah and if it's not unanimous and the information doesn't come through or sometimes information will come down and it'll get stuck you feel the pressure of the information sitting there. It's like the Senate in. is blocking this bill. Why? Yeah. yeah. Well, the right question hasn't been answered. Like the information, yes. the answer that they want comes, but they haven't phrased the question properly to get the answers. And this always usually happens around abundance. So somebody says, where's my abundance? And it's not that you want to know where your abundance is because you have access to water and electricity and, you know, you've got clothes on your back. So you have abundance to some degree. What you really want to know is where the fuck's my money? Like, how am I going to get paid? And hey, sometimes baby, in the light space, baby, right? Baby, like, I got like your money. We, we, we kind of have been conditioned, some of us, that money's bad or it's dirty or we shouldn't have it because, you know, it's the root of all evil and it'll make us bad if we have too much of it. And that's a belief structure. And really what they're wanting you to do is to say, I'm worthy. 
So therefore ask, where is my money? Well, and that's the other thing that's really, really important. So there's a big section of our training about the question is huge. The question you ask is the maybe the most important part of the totally. whole thing, because they're only going to answer the question you asked. So, and I remember, Jim, the questions you asked, and I wish I had could go find those emails because like, we need to write this shit down because the question, the way you ask the questions is like, these are such good examples of questions. I felt like of, I had one shot. Like, yeah, to not quote Hamilton again. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, shit, I'm broke. And my, like, not that fiance, but I was like, this girl is into this, so I should do this. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, no, I'm a double Gemini. I had to get my, you know, shit down. Uh, but then I had that clarification because I was like, oh, darn, I need to make sure, like, in this lifetime. And that kind of gets tricky because, mm-hmm. I mean, these are presuppositions I'm not used to in the sense of, like, uh, when Jupiter entered Sagittarius. Um, ironically, you mentioned, um, I forget the chick's name. She's out in Sedona. She does light language stuff. Um, oh, Jamie Lightstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when um, Jupiter entered Sag about two years ago, that's when Raphael sent me um, Lisa uh, um, Prism of Mira, um, and some Bashar book, like the Blueprint or something like that. So I, I was I was kind of, I, Raphael, this is way before the podcast. You remember this, I'm sure. Where I was like, yo. I don't know if aliens are like Jungian projections or what, but I'm willing to entertain this. Like when Jupiter, which is expansion, entered Sagittarius, which is truth, like I was willing to look into other truths that maybe I wasn't always about in that sense. Um, or just like, you know, avoided out of fear or just whatever, ignorance in general. Um, but ironically, that's the chick I was listening to because um, I was just like, oh, whatever, I'm going to listen to all of them. Like, check it out. All right, what's Orion sound like? Mm, okay, what's uh, Andromeda? Hmm, that sounds like you know, this, what's this and that, it. and like some of them resonated more than others. Obviously that's just kind of how it works. But then it's like, we were saying like how much of my ego is in the cockpit being like, uh, uh-uh, we don't like that. Cause it reminds us of whatever, you know, uh, this, and yeah. you don't, you know, so it's like hearing, you know, Draco language might trigger somebody in a different way than maybe Pleiadian language. But at the same time, they're all in you in that weird holographic fractal sense. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad you guys get Hamilton. I've been binging the shit out of that. Like, I've watched so it four or five times. Good. So were you guys aware of it for a long time? Cause like a month ago about my brother got Disney plus and set our family down and was like, watch this. Cause I'm a latest yeah. junkie. Like I, when I was 10, Aww. I went to New York and saw that and I was just like, Oh my God. So, I mean, Eponine for life team Eponine. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> how could this happen to you? Fuck this other chick, man. You deserve it. Um, but so when I heard this whole play, we actually had a podcast on this. Um, when I heard it, I was just like, what? Not only is it like apropos, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. He's resonating with Jack of Diamonds as with America. It's like highly resonant with the zeitgeist in a political sense. But at the same time, it's like a recapitulation of a new octave using the like, kind of culture of the time. Hip hop is going to reach a lot more minds than maybe like, you know, librettos in this kind of, you know, Freddie Mercury is probably the last one to be able to pull off that shit, quite frankly. So, right. um, yeah, we're just shifting gears. Anyway, I'm really glad you guys dig that because I'm always kind of like uh, uh, during card pulls or you talk to Haley, I'm like, oh, man, I've got like there's a few lines like uh, that uh, always pop into my head. Uh, 1776 because my birthday is 617. Yeah. So 17's always coming up for me. Anyway, I digress. Um, well, it's it's crazy, first of all, because Candy and I were talking about American culture and like. You know, because there's all this, the battle right now of taking down the Confederate statues. And it's it's like, what is American culture? I was like, it's fucking hot dogs and baseball. I don't know. What is it? And then and then I'm like, oh, no, it's the melting pot. Yeah. And I was like, if someone asked me now what American culture was, I'd be like, Hamilton. You need watch to watch it. Hamilton. Watch Hamilton. It, it gives you 
I, I've always been a little bit obsessed with the revolution and then that whole concept that these guys just were like, we're just going to make a new fucking country. That's what we're going to do. And I know, side note, aside of all the like horrible things that happened in the process with the like the Native Americans and everything, but um, I do think the American experiment is pretty important in the overall. It's Atlantis like, 2.0 or something. It's yeah, crazy. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. And that it's still going. Like we yeah. haven't nailed it yet. Barely. We're giving ourselves. <laughs> barely. barely. It is. But we're giving ourselves permission to reinvent it as we need to. It's, it's that energy of entrepreneurship and this constant invention and shifting and changing. Right. Because the Jack of we're Diamonds. A, we're a forever startup. Is the entrepreneur card. Yeah. So like, like our country's a startup, it's a startup. And so, but, you, and then, so you're getting this, that the energy of what that was like, plus Lynn manuel Miranda, basically without using the word channel said that he channeled it. He said he started writing it. He could not stop. And well, shit, then you're, looking, you're in tune. That's how yeah. it works. <laughs> and so then you're looking at the cast, which is like, it's completely diverse cast. You've got R&B and hip hop. And he has kicked back to all of these songs. I mean, the whole time I was listening to it, I was like, oh my God, I know this. Oh my God, that sounds like Beyonce. Oh my gosh, that sounds like this line from Rent. I mean, there's all these other, like oh the God, Pirates of Penzance. It's like cultural tropes. It. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's pulled all this stuff in. And it's just like, ugh, oh my God, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> well, no, shit, we should have a part two, Rafael. Yeah, the right. Rest. I have a sister that has Down syndrome. So we bought her Disney Plus for Christmas. And then they announced that Hamilton was coming out. And then I hem-hawed for a while. I was like, oh, God, are we going to like this? I mean, I don't know. We almost didn't watch it because we didn't think we'd like it. And finally, we're like, oh, we should watch it. Like the entire, It's almost like watching Tiger King. Like The entire world is, is watching Hamilton or has already seen it. We should watch it. Too. I was very reluctant. I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. I don't care. Like I told my yeah. brother, and he's like, you have to watch this. And I sat down and watched it with my mom and stepdad. And my brother and his girlfriend uh, were all in this house in Colorado right now, and which is actually a stagecoach in from the 1800s. There's like a safe under <laughs> the stairs and shit. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's like, what? I don't sense the ghosts or anything, but I'm like, yo, like this isn't fresh <laughs> construction. Let's put it that way. So um, we're sitting down there watching it with the subtitles on, which I highly recommend. Yep, um, totally. And five minutes in i'm sitting there i was like can i handle two and a half hours of this like i'm just like i don't mind notorious and jay-z and stuff that i grew up on like the black albums would crack my skull up into rap so it's just like all right like i could do this but i'm looking over at my mom and stuff and i'm just like oh god like are they going to be able to do this and they could and the king well sure yeah uh the king um, of england comes right out, we talked about that that first song's a little rough oh, yeah, and then when you get song, through I it like, i don't know if i'm gonna like this then he goes into alexander hamilton and you're like and now i'm sold yeah, because yeah, you just don't know what to expect. And it's it's so quick. I mean, it's lyrical genius on the one hand, but it's it so much content. It's so dense in that sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's just like your fast minds. I mean, I think everybody can, maybe like channeling, everybody can open themselves up to it if they relax to it and kind of let it wash over them. Um, and not mm -hmm. like the word, at least for me, I have a 12th house Mars and Mercury conjunctive cancer. So it's like I can just sit there and kind of like gulp it down, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But like I didn't know if that was going to be possible for older people generations and shit like that so i was just like oh shit um they dug it and i mean they've only watched it once i've watched it a few times but uh it's just as a musician like that stuff is solid mm -hmm. like this stuff gets stuck in your head and it, it's, does. it feels like watching almost every disney movie like tied together or something weird it's like this is just like I mean, if all the Lion King songs and all the Aladdin songs somehow had a baby, you know, it's just like <laughs> this just it. doesn't suck. It's like even well, the low points are good, and it stands alone too. Because Laura and I regularly just listen to the soundtrack on Spotify, and right, like, which I, they don't have um, that guy's John Lawrence's death thing, and that's one of the most potent. Oh, they don't. No, my brother pointed that it out. It's like tomorrow there'll be more of us when he says that. I'm like, 
that's no, like Eponine type shit. All right, maybe maybe my brother misquote. I don't know. I gotta yeah, no, that's, break that's over the coals for that. I think that's yeah, the that beginning, but oh. when he's like, oh, the letter, it's, I'll, I'll read it later, honey. It's whatever. Uh, I think oh. that little blip is not in there, but don't yeah, quote me on right. that. Yeah, you're right. No, I, I think, think you're right. right. Yeah, you're right. So, um, but th- that's a good example of like just where the culture's at. It's very um, Aquarian, Age of Aquarius kind of stuff in the sense that it's like, it's showing people how to be part of, so proud of camaraderie and teams in your heritage without maybe overly, I mean, it inspired as an American. I know Raphael heard it and he probably has very different presuppositions and kind of, you know, frameworks to reference it. Like, I don't even know. Well, you know what it does, Jim, is one of the things it does is it shows our founding fathers as flawed humans because they weren't perfect. And I think now more than ever, George Washington isn't a Zeus resonator for the Freemasons uh, only. Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) Hello. Like they nailed him as a pimp, but I mean, they're, they're flawed, but they're trying the best they can. And if we can allow ourselves as what we're going through now as a collective all over the world, but especially in the United States, if, if we can step back from this, this, fighting and the divisiveness of you're either with me or against me. You're either perfect or you're evil. But you can see the other thing I was like, but you can see the argument and the, the way the country is now in that you can see it. It's yes. there it's from there the day one. It's like not from get the away beginning. From it. But we're also not perfect. And we're going to always be working toward a more perfect union, which is not a direct quote, but pretty close. So it's that whole concept of we're all a work in progress. And if we're all individuals that are a work in progress and as a collective, we have to be a, a work in progress and we have to give ourselves space. Work, we have work, to hold space for others, progress. right? <laughs> yeah, to Move work through it. Work, yeah, work. <laughs> Not to get us on another Hamilton song, but... No, you could. It's almost like the Big Lebowski. I mean, we're very not hopeless. You could just put it in. Uh, well, it's tricky because I mean, this kind of gets it. Oh, good one! I got you now. Um, or we're burning. We're letting it burn. I guess. Um, so, in some sense, it's tricky because when I'm pulling cards and Raphael's coming from Austria, which is obviously uh, the heart of where Adolf came from. So there's sometimes I get like this headspace where I'm like, shit, these are weird lessons we're teaching ourselves. And like, mm-hmm. like, I know, how do you guys feel? I mean, this is kind of not controversial, but it's a little touchy in the sense that like, not to say people shouldn't play victim and victimizer. I think we kind of overly identify with that. So it's like, like earlier, you're like not, you know, in the politically correct thing, obviously just be like, yes, America's dope, but we can't neglect the fact that it was, you know, pet cemetery slash, uh, um, the shining built on fucking native yeah, yeah. grounds and all this kind of stuff. So there's like weird karma, but in some weird way, I feel like, in a way that's not human, like in the sense, like we can't grok it as a human in our brains, but we've all chosen these, like we said before, these are roles we're playing out and we can overly attach them. And then that's the weird part of the trip. But what are y'all's like, I mean, how do you guys look at good and evil? Do you even, I mean, I know you're saying that like you're, when you're channeling stuff, higher selves are like, we don't prefer that. It's like, is that just a construct in the duality at a lower level that we play with because that's just how the, you know, inverted pyramid is or whatever? Well, I mean, duality is necessary to identify yourself as an individual. Like you have to be able to see the role that you play as the part of the fractal, but it's really it's really really complicated but i think one of the books that i read that was really helpful for me on this was conversations with god by neil donald walsh yeah and he kind of he goes into it i mean he goes into hitler he goes into all the stuff but i think the bottom line that i always think about is creation creates doesn't judge like it yeah it just creates there's no judgment coming from creation 
So then if you go all the way back that way, that, and it's toroidal that, in nature, giving like negative and positive polarity, all that jazz. I kind of get the whole Tao being in Young, but I guess my trip, especially as a Christian, is and I'm holding on more loosely to it. Um, it tends to be something to the effect of like, I'm having to give. I mean, the whole point is like, don't judge, like give it to God kind of thing. It's like, how is justice going to be enacted if good men do nothing kind of thing? You know, it's like, oh shit. Halliburton did a lot of bullshit because we were just distracted with MySpace or whatever. So it's like, is that all, we all good, have, I guess? Well, we all have our role to play, right? Like, we're all souls here to have a, a, an experience of some sort. And we get this a lot, especially in the lightworker community, where, you know, some people don't want to get engaged, for example, in, in protests. But your job may be to hold space to allow somebody else to get involved in the protest and, and to not shut that energy down, but to allow that energy to express itself as it needs to. And other people may be like, no, I need to be in the fight. I need to be walking. I need to be tearing a statue down. Like, this is what my soul came here. This is how I'm here to express myself. But what really is key is if you're reacting to something and you're having some sort of, of response, you know, emotional, mental, whatever, then it's actually just showing you the work that you have to do. It's not about the other person. It's about your work. Right. It's a big old think, house of mirrors kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Well, I also think about... I mean, we are living in a physical world, right? So there is a justice system for a reason and it's and laws for a reason. And it's because we're not evolved enough yet to not have them. So, but. Or we dipped into a yuga where we just fucking forgot how to be nice and all this shit. Right. I mean, it depends on presuppositions. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh exactly. yeah, I guess let's all kill each other for, you know, which book is better or whatever. 26,000 years and then see what happens next. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, I think. It's, it's, it is really complicated because you, you can't, like, to me, you can't extrapolate. There isn't really, like, a good and evil to we don't need to put anyone in jail or stand up for what we think is right. Um, it's more about taking that. And I think, I don't know who always talks about this. I guess it's Magenta Pixie, the multidimensional perspective where, where well, she's talked, she's done a whole show on the concept that vaccines cause autism. And on like the physical layer, there could be this contract that someone came in and got autism and the vaccine was the cause, but there also could be this layer that that person was just going to have autism in this lifetime. And then and there's happened to get a vaccine. Right. And then, right. It's like, it's just like, it's so complicated that we, that, that it's, it's more like about us judging each other on a human level and like assuming that because I don't know, so-and-so says something that they're a bad person versus a law structure that's in place to try to protect citizens from being murdered or children from being stolen from their homes or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. I, I guess get what my, you're saying. My, yeah. It's hard to say. It's like, just because like, I don't really believe in good and evil doesn't mean I don't think there should be a structure that pr pr protects people from having a safe life. As in right. physical form. And like you're saying, it seems, and I mean, Rafa, I love your two sons also. Uh, it seems like we kind of, there's goals to the RPG character we have, and like certain things are going to drive with it or not. Like what you were saying about holding space versus being a Molotov cocktail thrower. Um, <laughs> like with, with Raphael, I tell him all the time, because right when COVID popped, I mean, I was in Australia for three months, and then I got to LA for a month, and I was waiting to get on a plane to go to Vienna, and then it got shut down because of COVID. So it became very real for me very quickly. And then, I mean, not that it isn't real for everybody, but I was like, shit, I guess I, my plans are thwarted. 
Um, <laughs> so I came home and we started doing podcasts with like QAnon people and more conspiracy stuff. And obviously like, you know, David Icke coming out and being like, it's 5G, it's fucking you. All, just all, all these layers, right? Which is yeah. like, okay, we were talking about this stuff. And at some point I had to kind of, I'm not apolitical, but at some point I feel like that gets me into a very 4D space where I just start kind of, it, I, it sounds strange. Ditto, it's like ditto. if I can be in my generator space and just like make my vibes awesome, like yeah, yeah. I'll be in a universe. But but the problem is like, and it's it's not a cop out, but I can see it being a slippery slope towards that, where it's like I want to be aware of things, but only to the degree that it, like I can have some impact on it, as opposed to just knowing every conspiracy theory. It's like when I start <laughs> Dude, thinking about like black nano dust and shit, I'm like I can't like live like this. I can't live chokes like that. me off. Yeah, it's like we oh, shit. we went down the same rabbit hole and had to do the same thing. We had to abort. Like it just it, like QAnon, it, for example. Like we've had ugh. people on, and Raphael's done more uh, research on that. And he's I'm not saying he is for QAnon, but I think he's more sympathetic. Especially, it's funny because, and I don't want to speak for Raphael, but he's not an American, right? So he doesn't have the baggage of the media coverage and the kind of us, you know, red versus blue kind of situation in media. Oh, no, versus... no, no, just briefly. It's yeah, nothing to it. do with that because also here the media in Western whatever is basically CNN type quality. So just to be, <laughs> just to note, yeah. But you're like this, in this, uh, the fray, I guess you could say. So at some point it feels like if people are like, oh, I mean, I have like Mike the Peace Dealer, he's been on the show before. He's all about MAGA and stuff now and he's African-American. Actually, he's from, I think, Nigeria and an immigrant. But the point is um, that's going to have a very different flavor in an American's mouth right now just because we're in the fray of it or whatever. An so I guess year. Yeah, or whatever. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, oh. this is the kind of thing I'm like, okay, so is that Joe Biden's clone? Because if his earlobes are different, and Jesus Christ, like is Trump a time traveler? I can't handle this. Like, it's right. just a moment because we're, we're on this yet again, let's say. I'd also, of course, be interested in what you both say about this because you say you aborted it. Of course, I mean, understandable. And there's also many things and let's say details that really even someone interested doesn't necessarily need to know because as you mentioned, there's always the question in terms of the practical connection for my own life. And of course, if it's only stressing me out, you know, then it's, you know, I'm not on a level to handle that anyhow. The, the approach I, in a sense, uh, employ is the idea of, you know, the expansion of consciousness as a process of integration. So I think just as you mentioned, it's a, before it's about bringing awareness to it. It doesn't mean that I can fix it. You know, man, I mean, what am I to mm -hmm. tell Bill Gates or whatever, or, you know, just to put up the example again, you know, it's probably not going to be me who's going to reform him, <laughs> but you know, who knows, right? But yeah. it's uh, about an awareness. And then just not, as you mentioned, not even about judgment, I would really say it comes then down to a decision, both in terms of what do I prefer for myself? And uh, if I see myself as empowered, what do I prefer for the rea parallel reality experience that I choose to participate in? So I, I would I say there is it. a there is a delineation line somewhere yeah. where it can have very much practical and real conclusions. Just for example, whether now I have to be very, very scared of the current situation until finally I can get the Gates vaccine or I can already be relaxed now. And that's a practical difference to me. Right. I mean, I mean, I, got, I, I agree completely. And I think that's where Laura and I got to, which was, um, is this raising our vibration is there something that we can do? It, is this something that we want to explore? And I think from speaking for myself, where I walked away from it was when people in the movement or in the know became aggressive and, and started force feeding others. Like 
you need to know Morpheus this. Morpheus doesn't force to, feed the you're required though. Exactly. And well, I was like, that's done. Now we've crossed over into some other type of psychological You guys experience. are purus. Yes. Well, yeah, that's I, exactly, exactly it. Totally yeah. agree. Just to briefly mention, because even here, I think we would sh should be very much should, you know, should we may be if we wish <laughs> uh, very much be on the idea of case by case basis. As I also hear, I see the issue, for example, very simple example with Q and then QAnon. I just noticed, and there's, you know, many layers to this and so on. But even here, many things get totally mixed up and lumped together and yeah. confused and so on. So then if one is interested, I mean, one can also just say, okay, that's not for me, then just leave it, whatever. But I'm always, uh, I always enjoy, you know, engaging and entertaining all kinds of ideas and just picking, you know, what resonates. Dear God, you can leave what the is rest. happening? That's Sounds like you guys dropped your phone in a gerbil oh, sorry. wheel. Oh, sorry, I just typed something. Um, frantic Googling. <laughs> yes, she is frantically Googling. This conversation is so freaking amazing, but I'm going to have to leave. Oh, we can call I actually, I have a chiropractor appointment, so I got it. Speaking of alignment. <laughs> Word. Well, we right. can end it here. Um, it's been good. We don't have I do want to say something, so Candy wants shoot, to peace shoot. out. Yeah, right, I'm well, going to leave Laura here to wrap it up. But this Candy, give us your parting thoughts if you want to say anything of you know nuggets of wisdom to leave the kids. Uh, Easter eggs, no, 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 no pressure. Other than the fact that Jim and Raphael, it has been a complete pleasure speaking with you and getting to know you both better. I think that what you are doing, the conversations you're creating, and the space that you're holding is very much needed right now. And if we all can focus our energy on making our individual selves better humans. That is how we change the world. I'm going to drop the mic. Thank you so much for having us on. And I will let Laura and you continue the conversation as I have my back cracked. Good luck so with your Thank lower you. vertebra or whatever. Yes, exactly. My lower lumbar. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Deuces. <laughs> so I'll say really quick, like if JFK Jr. is fucking coming back from like this, I mean, and same thing with the flat earth people, right? Um, and these camps kind of overlap where it's like if we are dealing with like an ice wall and all this shit and like stuff that's just not on a normal radar like voting republican or democrat doesn't fucking matter like there's much bigger fish <laughs> right. to fry you know so that's where i started kind of like dilating out to the point where i have an active imagination i will say so it's like i do a lot of psychedelics like i mean or i did and it's just like i can only hold so many thoughts as a double gemini without too much cognitive dissonance like i can hear the reasonability of my brother and his girlfriend who used to work for the cdc being like this shit's real wear a mask Buck the curve, you fucking retards, like, why aren't you doing this right, or whatever. And then I hear other people being like, it's 5G, it's not my timeline. Like, that's Haley's thing. She's like, oh, it's not my timeline, I'm not going to get sick. So that's what I say. I was like, hey, it's not my timeline, I'm not getting sick. But then it's like, how much of my, like, end of Pisces, Pisces sign is like delusion and illusion. So it's mm -hmm. like, how delusional are we being versus how, what's democratized reality versus, you know, sovereign reality tunneling and kind of Bashar is saying like, you know, you vibrate in a holographic multiverse into the universe you prefer. And so I guess it's where it gets tricky because it's like, do we subconsciously prefer being like dominated by Orwellian fascism and we're like doing that to ourselves now? It gets tricky. So yeah, I'm rambling, but well, it gets really tricky. And what I, so one thing that kind of stood out to me from my human design was, um, I think it's in there. It says something about, I just see everything as an unreality. And that's, it's like, I don't really believe anything. I'm trying that's not very to Dr. believe anything. Susan. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I mean, how would you know? They say that so-and-so said this. I'm like, first of all, they're like, Biden's a clone. I'm like, first of all, you do know how clones work, right? Like they have to incent like the egg. I think when I've done the research myself, you can get your dog cloned, by the way, they have to start it from birth. 
So did they do that when he was like born? The Clone Wars and Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, even they have to about, raise them like, up. Hello. Okay. So, but I was thinking actually, what what kind of broke me out of the Q stuff was actually watching Trump speak during the COVID at the beginning when he was doing the daily briefings on the COVID, and I was watching him, and I'm like, this is not the same dude that is come like that 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 I hear from the Q community. I'm like, these seem like two different things. The five D Crusader is not. In yeah, front of just like I'm like this. I'm like I don't. I can't reconcile this together. I understand that his role is really important and that he was like is here for a purpose to make to help us make all these changes. I do believe that. But I'm like, this is not gelling. So then I started realizing, so I'm, I've got the Ascension Glossary pulled up, the psychological warfare, invoke fear. This is happening on both sides. Like, I totally think that there's just as much fear being pumped out of the Q community as there is on CNN. Division to confusion, keeping people separated. And this is what Candy and I experienced with that Puru. Like, he started to kind of keep us separate from each other. Demoralization, that maybe isn't quite as strong because I feel like the Q community is really like, you know, they're, they're, they're pumping each other up and trying to like, you know, make something happen. And I don't know. Um, and then ignorance versus intelligence. If you're not paying attention to, we've had a lot of questions of like, Trump is going to win by a landslide, right. in the election. And I'm like, well, I mean, are you talking to anybody normal? Because like, if you talk to normal people, there's no fucking way that's happening. Like, I, I just it's, I feel like the, 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 there's a shutdown. And this is what our poor did was don't talk to any other psychics. Don't watch the mainstream media because you can't possibly understand what's like they're lying all the time. Or maybe they're reflecting what the general population like consciousness is like expressing. And you could get some information from that. Um, I had one time I posted a Guardian article and somebody that was following us was like, oh, so now we're now we listen to the Guardian. And I was like, who the fuck is we you're not my guru like why am i being told what outlets i'm allowed to listen to and not listen to like that was the other like the other part and then the overwhelm and wear down so our puru like kept us exhausted like running around doing all this crazy stuff and um i do like for me i started getting worn down by the concept of the how like how complicated some of the plot lines are that come out of the q community and then how like contradictory they seem to be so, in their defense, so, the Epstein Island shit's happening, and the fucking you know pet child pedophile rings are getting cracked. There's enough like flares in the air to make me say it seems not. I'm not fully on board. That's why I think I, when Raphael brings it up, or we have people on board come on the podcast, I can hear where they're coming from. But at the same time, like for example, two or three things that hit me where it's like, look how I mean, and this is where it gets tricky because we can't. Uh, we were talking about the human, uh, like in Hamilton, people are human. It's like, yeah, Trump might be an asshole. Or like how right, he talked right. about his daughter is really dodgy to me. I'm like, that's right, not right. 5D crusader mode. Like, I don't know, guys. Um, <laughs> right, right. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Maybe this is this is McKenna post 2012 kind of high weirdness and novelty. Right, to the viewers, I, like, who knows why this is happening? All right. So what happened. I'm going to do as this is episode 144 and this is not to, you know, Make an argument one way or another, but it's just an original Q post uh, quite recently. Read the 144th and, uh, Q post, Raphael. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the 144th, but it, it was posted Derp. on the... Uh, it's number 959951, uh, posted on June 13th, 2020 at 144441 EST, whatever exact time zone that is. 
Um, Eastern Standard. It says, uh, division is man-made. Division is designed to keep you powerless. Division is designed to keep you fighting each other. Division is designed to keep you enslaved. The narrative mm -hmm. has you. No one person is above another. Unity is strength. Unity is love. Unity is humanity. Trust yourself. Think for yourself. Only when good people collectively come together will positive change occur. Q. So that's like a Michael Angel Michael coming through hot or what you know yeah. whatever. It's like sweet. I can get behind that, but then I don't see it being. It's tricky. It's like the most cognitive in the times. Like World War Three is a psyop in that sense. It's like holy shit. I don't know who to listen to in terms of news outlets or not, or friends or not, or my experience. That's where it gets really dodgy. Where it's like right. you know, even if you have an experience that may not. And it, I don't want to cause people to be epistemologically like paranoid, but it's like you can have a fever and have very different data or, you know, presuppositions mm -hmm. that color your worldview in such a way that you like you can't like Plato's cave shit where it's just like, oh, shit, I only see the shadows on the wall. And I never thought that my head was strapped down and there's a fire behind me and all this stuff. So it's like and then the people who think that they have that advantage, which is kind of the like hyper social justice warrior red pill shovers, like you're saying, uh, maybe that's got a place. It's funny because I mean, yeah, and what I just yeah. like to mention because you talk about uh, individuals becoming aggressive and so on, I would not again attribute this. I mean, there may be a weighing here, but I wouldn't necessarily attribute uh, also the idea of violence to you know one particular spectrum of whatever, um, or even just let's say verbal violence because you know let's not talk about you know going rioting in the streets or starting to loot, but just verbal violence that this can happen within any group, of course. And it, what I'm always thinking about, no matter how good your source is, um, even I would assume, and I'm not sure I would, I would say, no, I never wish this upon you, but I'm, I'm sure you could imagine that even you could, you know, provide the very best information you can and someone would still completely screw it up just because that's what they prefer. That's their real sovereignty. Um, and they can still decide to fall off a cliff, no matter how great of a guidance or of, yeah, of a guideline oh, right. that they're getting. So I think that's an issue. And as now, especially this year, for various reasons, like the pressure has heated up. Of course, some are popping, some in the sense of unity consciousness being chill and like, okay, let's talk or whatever, or let's find a way together. And some others in the sense of like, no matter what exact alignment they have, oh, only my CNN article is true. Only what this particular QAnon YouTuber said is true. Uh, only and what Dr. Fauci. Biden, Dr. Fauci, I don't know, you can make your pick now is true. Um, and where I really see the a difference, to be very honest, as far as I can observe, and this is even in some conspiratorial type conversations like Flat Earth, for example, which I find, again, very curious to be, to be the case, that it's oftentimes that one side is quite willing and open to have open and honest debate, and another side is more reluctant to do that. That's just my observation. Yeah, I think you're right. And I can't, I've been looking into there's a lot of brain research um, around political sides and um, like, I don't know, kind of like what you were saying, one, one side is reluctant and one side's not, but they can actually find that in the way the brain they're working on trying to figure out how that works with how the brain reacts. In fact, there was this one article that I read that talks about, this study they de did, and it was um, a, ma a math problem about guns, and neither side, or maybe they wrote it differently, depending on if you were Democrat or Republican, you were for guns or against guns or whatever, 
And it was like both sides couldn't really solve the math problem because they couldn't get past the issue not agreeing with their biases clouded the math. It's so very crazy. much like the purple versus uh, gray or whatever thing happened. Like maybe a year or two ago, there was a meme and it's like, do you see this is purple or yellow or blue? Like, I and think just to be clear, that's yeah. a math problem, right? Whereas one would say that one plus one is always two, at least within the standard method of calculation. And then you can consider that only your psychological bias and preconditioning can actually prevent you from solving something that as far as we could talk about objective ideas, you know, is an agreed consensus between all humans or anyone who's studied in primary school. I mean, that tells you something, right, about the current state. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, the other thing I was thinking about was attorneys that um, do like personal injury attorneys. And it's well known that right after an accident, you ask the witnesses and they all have different stories. And it just happened right in front of them. Perspective so like, is one hell of a yeah, drug. Yeah. Right. And the memory, too, of what happened it is not always really clear. So I want to hear that is, one witness who's like, the Akash says. And then right. Like, what? <laughs> what now? Yeah. So it's really interesting. But yeah, I, it was just, there was a time I was, Keeney and I were both into it, into the kind of Q stuff. And, and I don't know. It just like... Then I started watching Trump talk and I was like, this just doesn't line up and I can't be in, it's too chaotic. Like the information coming at you all the time is too chaotic. And I would say just like looking at qmap.pub is a very different energy than a lot of the people reporting on it. Like, or a lot of the channels that I follow and that kind of, or I, I was following for a while. And it's just, I don't know, like there's more clarity coming just directly from Q, but then the community itself seems to be, where it gets really stirred up. It's game of telephone. Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and for the record, I, I don't, Raphael's not like all about QAnon. I think he's more sympathetic to it than not. And I'm... Well, the issue just, is, just, make, <laughs> just make it clear once again, just as you pointed out with the QAnon community, where of course you will have all kinds of individuals and, you know, maybe even proclivity towards, you know, high fantasy imagination, which then either maybe completely accurate channelings or, you know, just a science fiction story, uh, who is to decide. But the real issue also being that then oftentimes, uh, also with like current, you know, demonstrations and so on, it's rarely that individuals are even able or willing to look at as much core or source material there is or original footage of an event or something. But then everyone is trusting oftentimes too blindly their own preferred mediate, mediated reality outlet, whether that's a TV channel or a YouTuber or something, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> don't retain perspective and don't look at enough of the source or the core or the whatever documents there may be, whatever background ideas, connections, science, funding, actors, biographies, whatever, you know, because they just still like to be handed the thing that they can then just believe, even if it may now be something alternative. Some may still be willing to just, you know, swallow that wholesale. That's why I'm always emphasizing when we talk about this, it's not about following or not following Q or trusting it or whatever, or believing Trump is the savior. It's just about the ability to also have it as a <clears throat> valid and neutral source of information um, and not only perceive it through whoever else has biased it for me. Because of course, then, you know, I'm not really going to get more shards uh, of the, of the puzzle or of the mirror if I'm always just getting it, you know, through the one same uh, biased source. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, this is interesting because 
Jim, I forget. Do you are, do you know human design pretty well? Like, do you know about the? I'm not um, so hard on it like that. I'm getting into it, so no. But well, keep going with your there's query. This concept. So this concept of the, um, I think they call it like a. I don't want to say closed and opened. I know those aren't the right words. Right. Like, no, that's all right. Is it right? Defined right, and undefined. Yeah. yeah Thank yeah. you. Same defined idea. and undefined. The head. The uh, defined and undefined head. Yes. And it's like the way you structure information and how the like defined it's like they need to put everything into a, a place to have it kind of organized and the undefined are just like i'll look at this and then i toss it i'll look at this and then i'll toss it from what i understand and so i'm wondering how much of this with whether whether it's like my parents like living and breathing and dying for cnn or the people that are living and breathing and dying for the QAnon stuff how much of it is like there there's an the defined or undefined head and like how where they have to organize information you think it has anything to do with that? I think there's a lot of ins and outs, as the big Lebowski <laughs> would say. I mean, it depends. I, like I said, some days I'm very sympathetic to it. When I, it sounds funny, but it was like if I get into a very – this sounds crazy. When I get into like a uh, non-expected hopeful state, uh, and Haley has said this too, it's like maybe we just needed a narrative to give ourselves some hope, even if it's not true. Like, yes. you know, in that sense, so it's just like, look, there's so much cognitive dissonance and craziness. We need a tale. Like we don't like Bible stories aren't the thing and Marvel superhero movies work to a point, but they're still like highly like nationalistic and stuff. It gets tricky. But the point is like, it's a zeitgeist shift and it seems whether or not the news is reporting on it. I think energetically, a lot of people can pick up on a lot of shifts. Astrologically speaking, like January 12th was this huge Jupiter, Pluto and Saturn conjunction in Capricorn. That's big karma and death in what institutions. So it's like this yeah. is yeah. this is what's happening. I mean, whether it's the Catholic Church being like, yeah, we're you know doing weird shit, and everybody knows about it and jokes about it, but now it's like not you know it's, it's, it's just coming up like harder in a way that we want to be actionable about it. I guess you could say a specific answer to your question in terms of human design. We had this come up before on another show. I'm pretty sure actually, especially re in regards to the head. And, uh, you know, make of it what you will. In my case, both the Ajna and the uh, third eye or head or crown and head are both undefined. So maybe that helps uh, in a, put in a different differently. Maybe someone, if they can catch themselves, of course, which is probably unlikely, uh, engaging in overly zealous behavior, they may want to pull up their human design chart and maybe start reading up on what they got defined there and what channels are activated to maybe put it into context. But I guess the awareness of human design itself already precludes uh, quite a level of self-awareness. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, so I just look, popped mine open. I have both of those undefined as well. So I, I was wondering about how much of, how much of like, yeah, fanaticism and, and not is related to those centers being defined or undefined. I'm pretty sure my crown is open too. So I, I mean, in some way, I mean, it's like what, like, you know, just like we could talk about chromosomes being like what dictates your gender and also right, like, right. like maybe you live in a cultural Elton John is the most masculine thing possible or so that's going to be a very different <laughs> reality compared to your genetics, quote unquote. So I think there's a lot of informers and, um, and it's the, the joy and I guess the, uh, experimentation of the psychedelic nature of life itself is to try every kind of rabbit hole like put it on for size don't just like take other people's advice it's tricky because i think in a very much um inception style dicaprio starts the movie by saying an idea is like a virus that's why i've always been like i don't know like this this thing seems more like a psyop i'm in man in the high tower with this thing being the QAnon thing man in the high 
Castle, rather, um, this Philip K. Dick book translated to TV. Um, there's, you know, like basically uh, fascist Nazi groups and like freedom fighters and stuff. And they would have in, internal counterinsurgents that are faking as agents and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, I think there's a lot more shenanigans we'll say that it's just straight black and white like chessboarding like that yeah. um like there's many chessboards going on but like personally when i watch trump and i'm hopefully i'm wrong i would laugh so hard if like oh shit he is you know like, you know a trial trailer or whatever like if that's the case and i'm not saying it has to be but like if even half this q stuff is right like that'd be interesting but at the same time i think what happens is it starts um and this gets into kind of psychedelics but also dreaming and stuff like what are we allowing ourselves to believe like, if we kind of have rigid structures where it's like, this doesn't make any sense, it's like, no, you're not going to walk on water or fucking fly and believe again. Or you don't think America's going to be saved by means of which are surprising and novel as fuck. Because um, the system had to change. I think that's the bottom line. It's like whether people are voting for Obama or Bush or whatever, like that kind of two-party thing, like that's hit its limit, like maximum um, mm-hmm. kind of military industrial complex thinking and stuff like that. I don't think the zeitgeist at, at a spiritual level can even maintain that frequency much longer, if at all. It's kind of like right. Orion stories playing out. And it's like, we want more Palladium flavor stuff, guys. Like, I don't know about you know, So it's like, that doesn't mean we can't still play cops and robbers. There are going to be dynamics and polarities still, no matter what, probably, until there aren't. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird trip. And I never try to nail anybody down. So I'm not like, you know, I don't care in a way. I mean, not to sound you know, ambivalent, but it's like, you're going to like, I don't quote quote it curly much, but it's like, do what thou will. Like, you're going to do what you want to do no matter what. Like, and that's the bottom line. And then it's like knowing thyself is the maxim. So we have to be very discerning in a level of what, like Raphael says, who's the information gatekeeper. What are we like preferring because of cultural norms and maybe Mm -hmm. culture in general versus, you know, actually following our guides. Like, are there anything that your guides or higher selves have ever told you that are so ratchet and weird that you just never would have expected it? Or is it always kind of in line with what you presupposed anyway? Um, there are definitely things that they've told us that we, we've been surprised about. I know you're going to be like, what? <laughs> well, of course. Um, Double down. Right. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of what, what that okay. would be. Well, okay. So like whenever we ask about Trump, they're super gentle. And they're like, they told us that actually what he's doing right now is making like his soul at a soul level. He wanted to make up for some of the previous shit that he's done in his life. He's almost like on a big stage, maybe. Cool. Right. I'm trying okay. to. Yeah. Trying to like he like at a, like a soul level, trying to become better and make up for pussy grabbing comments and things like that. So. So Gotta give room for growth, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, no, of well, course. I'm just waiting for everyone else up there to join in, to join in in that, you know, making up for it. <laughs> right. Let's see. If, right. Exactly. Um, so there, there are things like that. We're just kind of like, okay, I would never have like considered that, just that perspective. So it's a lot of alternative perspectives that we're getting. Um, you know, we did ask if Google was evil because that was a big thing for a while, and they're like okay, you do know that there's like a bajillion people that work at Google. And so I kept going, okay, is there, but is there like someone that's out there that's purposely like pinky trying? in the brain? Like, yeah, is there yeah, one like, bad mastermind? Right. right. They're just like, no, they think that by blocking these words, they're helping people, you know, because if you would go on Google versus DuckDuckGo and search cancer cure, DuckDuckGo, you're getting like natural. Many more other options to mention yes. some background on this briefly. I mean, and, you know, whatever, everyone still can decide for themselves. There is a 
I believe he's the right one Google whistleblower by the name of Zach Voorhees. Mm -hmm. And uh, what he described is if he's the one or there's another one who's one is for Facebook, one is for Google. The Google one kind of described that he through an accident kind of because he was an engineer and had access to different layers of the network. He realized there was like a spot where people were discussing kind of like, you know, how to ban and so on. And at least from that point of view, it seemed more like there was a certain culture that maybe was um, encouraged in a sense. But that those factions, maybe in a sense, even organically, let's say, grew within it. However, I also have to say, and again, everyone, please research for yourself, but that the parent companies of Google actually are involved in the pharmaceutical industry. So then, of course, we would have a, a whole other line of reasoning for why that would be interesting to ban and censor. Right, right, exactly. Like there's these all these layers to it. But um, what they were kind of saying was, if it's it's like the people that are making the decisions actually think they're helping is is generally what the bottom line is a lot of times when well, i'm we sure ask rome questions thought like it was that. doing awesome shit but like, exactly like, you know, native <laughs> gaelic tribes being a massacre right, because right. of hadrian's wall so it's like it's a matter of perspective and in a weird way like this is where it gets really tricky um because we have these kind of inherited presuppositions especially with hamilton and stuff where it's like freedom and this like libertine kind of French Revolution, American Revolution vibe of it's like, don't fuck with me, don't tread on me. And it's like that freedom without any real wisdom is like just rebellion in a sense, which is fine to a point, but like after a point, it's just chaotic, which is necessary. But you know, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, yeah. I wonder how selfish, like, yes, everybody has the freedom to go to McDonald's and fucking binge Netflix, but it's like, is that really what the species needs right now? Right, you know, right, in a sense, like we're being governed by our impulses, and like, so at worst, these are like Orwellian kind of like, uh, you know, Fahrenheit nineteen eighty or Fahrenheit whatever, um, nine whatever the fuck the book is called that Ray Bradbury book, or you know, four fifty one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's like sometimes maybe taking out words makes it so you don't think about that word, and in a Coco Disney movie sense, like if you forget something, it's gone forever. So it's like let's just like tweak their neurons, and they'll stop focusing on this. But that's in a weirder way. It's like we have to have faith in life uh that even the trials and tribulations that come are like for our benefit and our development but i what gets tricky for me and i say tricky a lot i know um gemini life trickster shit but what gets tricky for me is not how much do i submit to the flow of the Tao versus like like i don't want to be lured into fucking you know a concentration camp basically or something like that it's like <laughs> all right look i don't want to like well i just didn't see it coming i was trusting the flowers or you know and it's like oh right. shit so <laughs> discernment's critical but at the same time like you know why is it serpents gentle as doves kind of stuff right it's like be kind and compassionate to yourself and others and don't just hate other people but like do research and it's funny Raphael hearing me say that because he's always saying like do the research i'm like i'm too tired i'm too lazy i have right. a fiance i got to talk to her i'm not worried about this shit i just want to have good jams get to talk to fiance my fiance oh okay i'm sorry <laughs> i was like what well no, I'm not, i think I'm not too like to this is what i ran into because so the clubs would be and i don't know what Raphael's other cards are but Check. clubs are, def are definitely like the researchers of the group so they're like the information gatherers. And for me, I will research. So, okay, for example, you guys know um, Laura Eisenhower? Sounds familiar. Yeah. She's Dwight D. Eisenhower's um, great-granddaughter. And I freaked out for a minute. I was like, oh, my God, does he even really have a great-granddaughter named Laura? And for a while on 
um, Wikipedia, like that didn't exist. Like she wasn't a person that existed. So I had to go to the New York Times obituary of Mamie Eisenhower to find that there was a person that was the daughter of the mom named Laura. Cause like her family tried to kind of erase her for a while. So there's a point where you can kind of get some research, but I've done a lot of research and a lot of different stuff. And I'm, to me, I still think you get to a point where you're like, I don't know if this is even real, what I'm looking at. Um, but well, we are on a hologram. So let's hold right. on. Well, Nothing is like, ever really yeah. real. So that's right. number they, one, I mean, right? You know, they used to tell us my margarine was like, they went through a phase where like margarine is good for you. And now it's terrible for you. So n- even when people point at science, I'm like, the scientists are human. And the, what we know from quantum physics is they're affecting the frigging outcomes of the thing anyway. So and they may have agendas, quite frankly. And they may have agendas. So it's like, yeah, I, the, then I get like worn out just from trying to think about doing research. Because I'm like, I mean, you might get to something that's point. There's a point to it, but maybe not. And I don't know if I. That's why for maybe I'm at not. the Zen. <laughs> I'm at the Zen, like rice and a grain of, or the universe and a grain of sand. I'm like, if I just watch like Star Wars, if I just watch these Marvel hero movies, I'll probably get the download. I'll probably be able to look around with the eyes to see. Um, or whatever, because I think in some way in a Joseph Campbell's, I mean, everything is a story. So it's like, are you telling yourself the best story? And what are your mm-hmm. definitions of the best story? So some people are like, I want a high stakes struggle, fucking wild west thing, like Westworld or some shit. And it's like, okay, well, and those are going to be the people maybe on the front lines of these protests, like in the streets being all ratchet and stuff. And then some, which I'm not against or for necessarily, but it's like, then there's people who are just like, I want, you know, to, to knit and look at the clouds and love my hamster wheel or you know on the hamster on the wheel everyone is it's crazy because i guess and this is obvious because it's so simple but it's like every option of perspective is available as being represented that's what the point is mm-hmm. it's like every set of eyes is a universe in itself and we just have to kind of like i think there's going to be something about a like from a 3d 5d shift essentially maybe Raphael or you know more about this because i haven't read the law of one stuff yet but i think there's going to be this and i think we're about there where we start between the internet and like externalized neurological processes which is essentially what the internet is in a marshall McLuhan sense um like that's you know just like shoes or your skin on your feet and glasses or your eyes like the internet is our brains like we're learning how to talk with each other in new and different ways uh, not that i'm all techno you know savior ai stuffs but like we're in a funny time and i'm just uh because Raphael thinks that like project bluebeam and stuff like that will be very obvious i'm just like all right look let's get this shit on the road already so like let's meet up with our fucking friends uh because i mean i'm just tired of politics and nationalism and bigotry and all it's just like an old it's like a worn out record it's just like skipping now it's like they're well, friends dirt. are gonna come once they're sure that they're not gonna fry ourselves by appearing yeah that's what i've heard yeah well, it is the alien card episode, so maybe that's maybe a good way to wrap this up. In the sense of, do you have any hopes? I mean, when I hit you up for the um, kind of buckshot questions or whatever the right end stuff, like that was one of the things because obviously I've been listening to people who are talking about star seeds enough, and my necessarily inclination um, was something to the effect of like this is a Jungian domain of archetype that we're now embracing in a new level, kind of like you know kings and queens and jacks were very um feudalistic and we had a reality template at that level for a long time in that way so we use those as symbols and now we're kind of getting to like space galactic bigger more 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 um what do you see happening i mean i don't what it doesn't have to be about aliens so it's like what 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 gets you up in the day with hope like how are you not letting go and submitting to the fucking razor blade or whatever <laughs> well here's how this is how i do it i'm like i did not come here 
for a a zombie apocalypse. If there's zombies, I'm going to be like, eat my brain. I'm done with this. Okay. I did not come here for everything to be taken down by a freaking virus. Like, I just, I'm not on this planet at this time for that to be the way things end. So I think that's my motivation is like, I know that. I think too looking at with that, Leo Moon. You're like, I want yeah. ratchet shit. Like, let's yeah, at least yeah. have fun on the way out, like, violently. <laughs> right. I mean, I think. Being afraid whole, of an extreme the, cold is not ratchet. No, right. And and the fear getting to that back to the kind of what I was talking about, wanting to have cleared as much darkness as I can. And, you know, that whole quote um, that. The so you are the reason. Okay. <laughs> What's that? No, I'm just joking. Now, so how much can you clear, clear in one life? So we have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've got. <laughs> it's, it's, on track, the on track. it's on track. Here we go. But I mean, it lines up with the astrology, Jim. Like you, you've seen that. Like everything that's happening, it kicks oh, back no, to. There's no coincidences here. It's like right, this is the so, big fucking tower card, y'all. Right, and is there like, like, does Earth gonna explode? I'm like, fine, fuck it. If it does, whatever. That's my attitude too. It's like, I mean, if we all go down because of COVID, fine. If there's a zombie apocalypse, fine. If you know, I like. It's like I'm not afraid of dying. I guess. And at that I'm point, I'd rather for like right. uh, Trump be a time traveler and his wife be a Pleiadian. <laughs> just that'd make be, sure. Yeah, like that'd be cool. I think that's kind of you brought that up earlier. It's like that's kind of why I got into the Q stuff for, for a little while. I was like, oh my god, what if he really is this kind of like savior type person that's here to do all these crazy things and. I'm like, that would be so cool. And then I started watching him talk and I was like, no, nah, I don't think so, man. <laughs> like, let's see how those two things are the same thing. But, but yeah, it's like wanting to have this kind of story. Um, I don't know. I feel pretty optimistic about everything. So I don't know if that's just like, cause I have, I think Rion told me I've got a lot of Pleiadian and that, that, that resonates with the story I told earlier about kind of being obsessed with that constellation when I was a kid. Um, which is really like happiness and positivity and everything's going to be fine. So that's how I'm up in the morning. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. If we blow up the planet, fine. We've done it before. We can do it again. Or we can keep going and really transform and maybe that'll happen too. <laughs> well, shit, hopefully you're not the driving this machine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. No, I think we're all kind of co-collectively driving it so tell yourselves better stories and once you prefer and be like aware and conscious of the subconscious plots and drivers that are maybe motivating stories. Cause if you have issues with your, you know, dad and you're not resolving them, maybe you're projecting them on the government or God, oh, yeah, yeah, you exactly. know, stuff like that. So it's just like shit, we got to kind of do the inner work. Uh-huh. Uh, and when we tend things on the inside, right. The, and that's, you know, the hologram looks a little different. <laughs> Right. Taking in the responsibility for yourself, which I think because that's the only real thing you have any control over is that inner work. Like you said, that's why Candy and I are focusing on that with it's you guru. So we're like, we were used to a- ask, answer a lot of questions about all the conspiracy stuff. And we're both so burnt out from it that we, and feel like there's, what is the point of having all of this information? That's maybe not even real information. Yeah. And, going to golden crowd doesn't make it's not the thing to be asking on the channel about anyhow, I would say, to be honest. And even, even as you pointed out, it's also really about the questioning and so on. So I think that's, of course, whilst at least for me individually, it's kind of exciting to try to understand and gain as much perspective as possible. And I also would say that at least for me individually, I have derived uh, direct benefit from that. Um, oftentimes, of course, these 
questionings and so on may just be distractions in terms of the questionnaires, right? Right. Because usually, I guess it's other things that if they fix that, then they won't care so much, you know, about this and this and that. If you become sovereign, you won't care so much about who's your government because you'll just be more self-organized, for example. Right. Exactly. And so one of the things, back to a question you had earlier, Jim, real quick, was something we were surprised about. Someone was asking about all of these people being sent to Guantanamo or pedophilia or whatever. You know, I don't know exactly what the question was, but the answer generally was, why is that something you want to be happening? That there's all of this stuff happening behind the scenes in secret. Aren't we supposed to be moving into this place where everything's coming out into the light and that we know about these things and they're coming out into the light? So a lot of times the way they answer answer questions is you are asking this question in the first place, which means part of you either believes it or wants it to be true or whatever. Otherwise you wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be on your consciousness radar. So they go back at the person, like, why do you have this in your consciousness? Why do you want this to be true? And so I think that's always a really good question to ask, like self-reflect anytime when you have a really strong belief about something, it's like, why do you need that to be true? They ask that question back to people a lot when they're asking kind of any kind of question really, but it's like, why do you need that to be true? Why do you need that to be in your reality? Well, in defense of that person, as far as I could see that, if we can't handle alien contact, like how the fuck is my <laughs> Nana? I mean, it's funny. My Nana, who's a hardcore conservative Christian, um, sent me a UFO documentary link the other day on Netflix. And I'm <laughs> what? like, yeah, no, it's just like, that's just the place we're at where I'm like, I don't, I mean, I'm not, she doesn't believe this gets tricky. Cause I turned around to some, like the fall of the cabal, of course. And at this point I'm like, I don't know if that was a good idea, but like the point <laughs> is like, here, check this out. Now she's going down all these rabbit holes. So that's cool. But at the same time, um, having listened to a few, um, uh, Bashar channelings the other day, cause my internet went out for like 10 hours. So I was like, I guess I downloaded these. I can listen to them. Um, I had nothing to do. Right. So I was like, uh, well, I'll do that. And it's funny because I was noticing like people, like you're saying, people come with their guns loaded and they'll shoot and what their like expectations, belief systems, all this stuff, you know, you could see it kind of playing out. And what we need to be doing is reflecting well, I guess Mm -hmm. a kid fire would say in the song reflector, just a reflector. We're all just reflecting each other in a very weird way. And the more clear we can be in that reflection, maybe the more Buddhas or awake will be, you know, like Mm -hmm. maybe we'll kind of snap out of it. Um, but we've been playing a lot of high stakes drama in very particular ways and whether that keeps playing out or not, only time will tell, but, um, it's been a real pleasure having you guys on. Thanks so much for like giving us your time. I know you're busy uh, entrepreneurs. Um, we're going to put your links in the comments or the link section. Um, like it's youguru.com and uh, there's a YouTube channel and I think you guys might have your fingers in some other pies. So I'll get all those links. Uh, clarified but uh thanks again so much for coming on but also more importantly thank you for clarifying for me the path that i've gone on with Haley. that's been a big adventure and one i didn't expect my dad when i told him i was getting engaged to someone who i've never met um <laughs> he was just like what like like i thought you were gonna die a bachelor and it's like yeah i was well on that path uh but um, I do appreciate what you guys are doing. It seems like, you know, soul groups are waking up to missions, so to speak. And all we can kind of do is support each other um, and kind of, yeah, like Reaper Cheap says in Narnia, further up and further in, you know, like just go deeper in the dream and hopefully we tell ourselves a dream that is uh, preferable. Yeah. Thank you. This was really fun. Thank you so much. I think it was most amazing. We got 
three hours easily done. Some, of course, also all four for getting you back on and, you know, continuing down whatever other rabbit holes we prefer. And yeah, be the wish you, ch you wi be, be the wish, yeah. Be the wish you That's change to see. Be the change. <laughs> slip. Indeed. <clears throat> be the change you wish to see in the world, uh, in the sense of uh, what you put out is what you get back. Circumstances mm -hmm. don't matter, only your state of being matters. As the Sasani message reverberates across the universe, yeah. the multiverse. Well, I guess this is what, what it all comes back to sovereignty. And thank you so much for uh, having constructed your individualized uh, method and circuit to do that. It sounds most exciting and fun and also seems everyone engaging with it or gaining quite a lot of insight. So I just, you know, wish you a lot more fun and enjoyment and excitement doing that and uh, everyone else participating just as well. So thank you again. Thank you. Check, check them out, guys. Do the boot camp or something because they're dope. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Enjoy yourselves. Radio Pokey Talk.